All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again for the first time in. Is that Santa? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas. Can you hear Christmas? Father? Papa, can you hear me? Papa Christmas? <laughs> Papa Gijo. Papa Noel. Anyway, sorry. Yes. Instead of doing a big year-end blowout like we normally do, we're combining it all into one big party. We've got our Christmas tree. We've got our eggnogs. We have Santa as rangers have just arrived. And we are going to talk about Bob Dylan's album, which, again, we've really dug into for two years straight. So please go see those the last two episodes of Christmas in the Heart 2017 and 2018 if you want some weird facts about songs, if you want to hear us talk more about the songs, uh, because we're not really going to do that. We're going to kind of go over it. We've made a great playlist that you uh, can get and listen to forever on Spotify. Mm -hmm. But we're also going to combine the other things that we normally do. We're going to talk about our rankings for Bob Dylan songs. We're going to take the 25 songs we listened to. Uh, Kelly did some math. I did some math. We put together our math and we made rankings. And then we're going to talk about our top 20. We're just going to go quickly over the, our 20 favorite things of 2019. And we're going to look forward to 2020, season four of Sign on the Window. Kelly, how's it going? Good. Sorry. We were interrupted by reindeer so rudely. It's so rude. I forgot what we were doing. Is this a Bob Dylan podcast? What is it? it, what had... is it? Who are you? Daniel, who are you? I am Daniel. <laughs> Me, I am Kelly. <laughs> we haven't we haven't met formally. No. In over two months at this point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so wow. it's been a long time. So it's kind of fun to get together. We're just gonna kind of blow it out. So sit back, relax, enjoy. We're gonna kind of uh, do this in parts. So we're gonna break it down. We're gonna talk the first half of Christmas in the Heart. We're gonna talk our first, uh, you know, because we're doing our top twenty. We're gonna do twenty to eleven. Then we're gonna talk about our rankings. Then we're going to talk about the rest of Christmas in the Heart. Then we're going to finish our top 20. Wow. So that's going to be our official. Outline. So if you want to skip ahead and see what we ranked uh, number one of 2019, you know, just skip all the way ahead to the end of the episode and then you're done. Otherwise, bells. <laughs> otherwise, Kelly, we start with where we always start. Christmas in the Heart. We listen to it again. We've generally liked this album. And uh, three years on. I can say definitively that I still very much enjoy this album. I very much still enjoy Bob Dylan as a person, as an artist. And um, I look forward to actually listening to this every year. And it's better than a lot of Christmas music still. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus today. Fixing and fixing and old as reindeer, pulling on the reins. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. So in our first round, uh, first half of the record, 15-song album, we've got classics. Here Comes Santa Claus, Do You Hear What I Hear, Winter Wonderland, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, I'll Be Home for Christmas, Little Drummer Boy, Christmas Blues, and O Come All Ye Faithful. Anytime he gets a second to croon. That's what I mean. So for me, when I was thinking this time, I was like, you know, I can get by the crooning stuff because he's getting closer to triplicate. And like, this is kind of where we are at this point still after all these years of us doing this podcast. But I'm like, every upbeat song is so much better. His upbeat voice, like here comes Christmas, uh, walking in a winter, like when he does. The problem is is holding the note. That's the only issue. That's why the faster songs are better because you don't have to do that. But then he gets better. 
I mean, we loved Triplicate. I mean, this was a long time hmm. ago, episode seven. Well, maybe he had a chance to like work on his voice and really like. Do you think he does? Or it just gets worse and worse and worse to the point where like this was kind of awkward and then it got worse, but by being at worse quality wise, it was actually better. Maybe he just has problems with certain notes because mm, even some he does true. some crooning on the Tempest. Is that before this? Yeah. No, this is after. Tempest is after 2012. Shit. Okay. Well, then what was before this? What of his albums? Uh, Together Through Life, Be- Beyond Here Lies is Nothing. We listen to Modern Times. We listen to Spirit See, on the Water. I feel like there's some times where he holds, like, especially Spirit on the Water, yeah. where he's holding notes. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't sound like it. So I think that this is just like these songs are out of his range or something. Like, I think we can have a better idea. Well, let's keep this in mind based on next year if we get any Together Through Life, because that's the 2009 album. This was recorded in 2009. So we did these okay. two at the same time. Yeah. So Beyond Here Lies Nothing, which was our first episode this season was recorded in the same year okay. as this album. And that was our first song from that record. So hmm. that's kind of our closest. And that sounded fine. Yeah. It sounded great on that. I Again, I think it's a little bit of phoning it in. It's like, if it's your own thing, even Bob Dylan is going to give it more care than it is like, here comes Santa Claus. Well, you and know? you're not beholden to the the chords and the notes of the other song. True. Right? Like, cause I and you're trying to make, make this song around my voice mm-hmm. versus like, can't really fuck with here comes Santa Claus or whatever. Like, yeah. Or I'm going to be aggressive in my approach to this. Mm-hmm. And who cares what it is because I'm Bob Dylan. Whereas <laughs> I think it could be alienating if it was his own songs. And it's like, Bobby, why did you do this? This sounds terrible. Um, I think it's a little bit of that. So the upbeat ones are, are my f- my favorite. We also, um, over the years, have set weird limitations on ourselves in terms of picking the playlist. And um, de- we both definitely remembered that we made those rules. Well, I forgot about it until I opened up our list from last year where we really codified the rules. And now I have super codified the rules in creating templates on my note-taking device so that I'll never forget what the rules are. So... Um, you can go online. If you go to our, our website, SOTWpod.com, you can find our ultimate Christmas playlist that has all three years of songs for every single, all of our playlists all combined into one. It's almost four hours of Christmas Jesus music. Christ. Lovely. It's got to be the greatest playlist that's ever existed. At least the best Christmas playlist that's ever existed. Here comes Santa Claus. The first year we we, t- we had Bing Crosby, which is the most classic oh, yeah. Christmas you could ever get. Willie Nelson. Year two. This year we did Gene Autry, Rudolph from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and other Christmas classics. It's right there in the album title, 1947. Um, do you hear what I hear? R&B legends only. I don't think Casey and the Sunshine Band is a R&B legend, but they're pretty. Oh, yeah, we talk about it, of course. Okay, so uh, we had them in year two. Gladys Knight. Are you taking? Wait, Pips. are you taking issue with the word legend or R&B? No, they're definitely R&B. Okay, and well then, yeah, Are absolutely. they legend? I mean, yeah, they're not legend, but everybody knows who they are. You know, we, we, we've all heard their songs. Yes. You might not know them by name, maybe. Um, and this year, no different. Gladys Knight, year one. Casey and the Sunshine Band, year two. Whitney Houston, year three. Not, not my, a fan. Not, not, not my a thing. Fan. <laughs> not, not a fan of Whitney Houston. Not a fan Houston. of Waiting for I, Exile I like Whitney, soundtrack? He, waiting to Exhale. Waiting to Exile. Although I do like the movie. I like the spin, Waiting to Exile. <laughs> 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 That's the the post apocalyptic version of the romantic wow. drama. Is that what it is? What he doing? I don't, I don't ever seen it. I don't know. Uh, Just her face. On I the like cover. Whitney Houston. I do not like this song. Yeah, because she goes where every pop singer wants to go on Christmas, which is too far. Speaking of, well, we'll get to too far. Uh, Winter Wonderland, uh, jazz only is the rules. Chet Baker was the first year. Louis Armstrong classically was year two, and Jeff Goldblum. And the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra, Winter Wonderland. Excellent. At first I was 
afraid. No. Surprised that Jeff Goldblum had well, a jazz like orchestra. Guy. And then I was like, no, the family guy Oh, Seth MacFarlane. And, and also, the same thing here. Seth MacFarlane is a much better singer. Sorry, Jeff. Because he sounds like Jeff Goldblum. Like, you can't for a second. I mean, if you're familiar with Seth MacFarlane, you hear his voice too, but he could also be fucking Michael Bublé. Like, right. Jeff at, Goldblum, not At the mind. end of this, when it's just like, I'm Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Welcome to a Winter Wonderland. <laughs> you're like, wow, this was a great song. No talking until the Same very end of it. Jesus. Oh, fucking great. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, uh, punk or soul only, alternating between the two. Uh, punk, bad religion, soul, Aretha Franklin. So we're in the punk. We're uh, The Fall off of Cerebral Caustic 1995, The Fall's version of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I really enjoyed this and then hated it at the same time. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, unfortunate that it even existed, really. I mean, in the end. But The Fall were prodigious. They just made me, you know, he just made music all the time. R.I.P. Yeah. I'll be home for Christmas. Uh, we don't have any rules on this. So maybe you can help me make a rule based on what we've done before. John Prine uh, in for year one. Uh, Sufjan Stevens, year two. And Glenn Campbell in year three. There's no real hmm. pattern that's emerging except no. for, you know, Glenn Campbell and John Prine were contemporaries of Dylan. They were definitely... You know, country rock hmm. people, but Sufjan really blows it up. So well, we'll just well, leave it there. Uh, what years did the songs come out? Oh, five, oh, nine, sixty-eight. Damn. Yeah. No, we'll we'll we'll, we'll have to do it all yeah. Now. We'll we'll watch the patterns emerge. Little drummer boy. Uh, I would say boy bands only, but Bad Religion was on there. So year one, I think just bad, bad versions of it. Year one, Destiny's Child. Right. Infamously horrible. Bad Religion, I don't remember it being bad. I mean, they can't really fuck it up that bad. The fact that they're doing it alone, I think, is probably like, ugh, whatever. 98 Degrees, though. We had 98 Degrees this year for Little Drummer Boy. I don't know if I what I prefer more, um, somebody holding a gun to their heads so they perform this, or um, what was it, Destiny's Child, all of them, doing the doing the noise for the drums. The, uh, I don't know which one's worse. I guess it would be it would have to be the the gun to your head, they, right? You would take Destiny's Child really over. This is really strange. Degrees, so. I, I don't. Is it as bad as the NSYNC one? We had NSYNC for um, another song. Oh, I think this is worse year. for yeah. sure because I mean they are worse. So. I gotta say, yeah, the ninety degrees just they just don't have that that vocal mm. power like JT and and JC Shazza. And Nick Lachey is not married to Jessica Simpson anymore, right? That's I don't old think news. So, no. That's like ten years ago, probably. Yeah, okay, but I don't know what year it is, so. It could have been yesterday. I don't know. You don't know what year it is. Now. Right now, yeah. No, oh, no, 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 no. That's yeah. that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Christmas blues. Uh, I I changed the rule of this to Christmas blues. Yay or nay? You can have the blues or not have the blues. Uh, we started out with Dean Martin, uh, and year one, year two was Canned Heat, and this year is Alan Vega, who is no no Christmas blues. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have them. But. So there's no theme for this one. It's literally just play the song. You have to say the Christmas blues, okay. but it, I don't think his no Christmas blues was the Christmas blues, mm. but he, it was part of the title. You get what I'm doing here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, Oh, come all ye faithful. The only thing I can think here rule wise is dreadful. Uh, Pentatonix oh, yeah. year one, Gabby Moreno year two and Weezer year three. Weezer did. A, if you didn't know, Weezer has done a Christmas because of course they did. And of course they would. Um, horrible. All of them. They're dreadful in that they're predictable. And they're just like, is whatever. fine. But predictable and just like, yeah. this is, you're going through the motions. Thank you. Almost like a gun to your head type of shit. Like, not is good. this, Como You Faithful is the same as Adestas Vialis yes. or whatever? Okay, yeah. Right. So this one is the one that made me want to Oh, die. okay. Yeah. So you're halfway through. Oh, good. Adestas Vialis. Well, <laughs> no, Bob, please. So stop. at that, um, Death Gurgle. 
we move on. That's the end of part one of Christmas in the Heart. Wait. I need some music to play me out. Because I got to go. Say it again. End of part one. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, Kelly. (laughs) So top 20 of the year. All right, Kelly. Welcome to part two. You're back. Part two is we are going to move on from Christmas in the Heart. We'll come back to that later on in the episode. We're going to move on to our favorite things in 2019. These can be recommendations that we've had. Uh, This can be new stuff, things that we never recommended on the podcast. It can be belabored. It can be cool. It can be nuanced. It can be whatever the fuck we want it to be. It's our show. We're going to break down our top 20, as we always have. We're just going to do it a little differently in two parts. So this part, Kelly, part two. Oh, gosh, I'm so bad at this. Is going to be number 20 to number 11. Okay. Number 20 of things that I like the most this year? Yes. Uh, Things that you recommend. Oh, yeah. Things that you want other people, hey, you should go out and do this thing. You should go listen to this thing. You should see them live if you can. Nice. You know, things you would recommend to your your friends out there listening. Uh, Dead to Me, the series on Netflix that came out earlier this year with Linda Cardellini and Christina Applegate. It was like a dark comedy. It's very good. It's over. Is it coming back for a season two? I don't know. It should because... Something dramatic happens at the very end. I think it is. I think I looked it up at the time and they are doing a second Is season. the dramatic thing that the band Dead to Me is going to release an album in 2020? No. Like they're going to show up. I'm sure and... that's exciting for you. No, I hope that they oh, do, but I don't know if they are. So I hope that the next season of Dead to Me is, is just the band Dead is to just me. like a lyric video for the <laughs> album yes. that Dead to Me, the band, puts out. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. That's your number 20. Mm-hmm. Kelly, keeping with tradition. My number 20 is 20 Unsung Records. Nice. In rapid succession. Okay, great. Better Oblivion Community Center. That's Connor Oberst and Phoebe Bridgers. Right, right, right. Their record. Andrew Bird, my finest work yet. Justin Town Earl, his record, The Saint of Lost Causes. He's going on tour in 2020 with Warriors, the band oh, Warriors. Nice. And Brian Fallon. Brian Fallon is the headliner. He's coming out with a new record soon as well. Laura Stevenson, uh, The Big Freeze. She is pregnant and she did a little desk concert with NPR. Oh, nice. So she's blowing up. She's the best. I love her so much. Uh, Slater Kinney, Center Won't Hold. We saw them live, which I'm sure, I don't know, will we get to? I haven't looked at your yeah. rankings. Okay. Uh, bon Iver did a new record, I, I. Pretty good. Good stuff. Uh, Oso Oso, Basking in the Glow. Very beautiful emo, Midwestern emo record that it blew up, apparently. Uh, Off With Their Heads came back with a new record after a couple years, five years or so, um, called Be Good. Great punk rock. Uh, if you're looking for something just pure fucking in-your-face punk rock. Wilco, Ode to Joy, excellent. Charlie Crockett, The Valley. I recommended his record last year. He's super great. Uh, Bad Religion came out with a new album called Age of Unreason. Pretty good. I mean, it's kind of hit and miss. They have like 17 songs, and it's usually like 10 of them are good. Uh, Angel Olsen, All Mirrors. Tim Berry, our friend Tim Berry, Roads to Richmond. If he's ever on the West Coast again, I'll definitely go see him. Chris Farron, Born Hot. Jenny Lewis, On the Line. Martha, Love Keeps Kicking. Robert Johnson, all the songs. Go listen to Robert Johnson Month. Lag Wagon came back after five years with Railer. Jeff Rosenstock, speaking of Lawrence Stevenson. Death Rosenstock, thanks. Sorry, his live record, almost two hours. Fucking awesome. So good. And finally, my Sufjan uh, Illinois slash the Avalanche combo that I listened to when I drove through Illinois this year on my big long road trip. My number 19 for the year of recommendations is the band The Deftones, specifically the album White Pony, of which their 30th anniversary of that album, God, no, sorry, 20th anniversary of that album is going to be next year, but we won't ever talk about it again, so don't worry about it. Yeah, it's not like you should go do your homework and listen to The Deftones in total. There's no reason to do that, you're saying. 
No. Oh, also relatedly, Team Sleep, because that's Gina Marino's side project oh. from 2004, and that album's perfect. Daniel? <laughs> Number 19 for me is the Get Up Kids' Problems. Um, their, their new record, they came back, another comeback record after so many years. Uh, it turns out that uh, looking back at this year, I was thinking of all of my like concerts that I've been to. I made a big list in, in my notion that I use uh, to, to make these um, podcasts and keep my notes in order. And I was like, I went to go see them on my birthday in 2002 at the 930 Club. And I realized that that was, that was my first concert concert. That was my first like going out to like a venue that wasn't the MCI Center, which is where I saw Blink-182 the month oh, gotcha. before. So my first show I ever saw was Blink-182, headlining Green Day as the second band, Saves the Day as the third band, which is kind of a baller lineup. Yeah. Um, especially now that Green Day and Blink are like on the same level, big. I mean, Green Day was big, and then they fell off, and, now they're, and then they went big again a couple years later. But I saw them June 5th, 2002, and I saw this on July 1st. Anyways, love the Get Up Kids. Uh, moving to Lawrence, Kansas, where they're from, was a, was a, 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 awesome. Uh, I saw Matt Pryor, the lead singer. Uh, he's in another band called the New Amsterdams, just him and an acoustic guitar. And I saw him multiple times play in Lawrence, which was really cool. And he played some old Kid Up Kid songs. Anyways, they came back, and they're fucking great. Uh, listen to Satellite, Salina, Fairweather Friends, and Breaklines, four of my favorite songs of the whole year. number 18 what about it the self-titled album b52s from 1979 nice it was really amazing to like you need to constantly humble yourself mm. you need to vibe check yourself if you will as the cool kids say yeah i do i always say what that does vibe check mean does it mean like check your check your you're, you're like right you just you check yourself before you wreck yourself that's hey, that's 20 well, you take like a like a metal thing and you like Oh, you wand yourself. You wand yourself. You check yourself with vibes. Check yourself with the vibes. Gotcha. Uh, anyway, yeah, B-52s, it's, they're just one of those bands, just like so many great bands, yeah. that a cynic such as myself immediately discounts because I'm too contrarian to believe that anything popular could be Me good. Me too. Which is a terrible <laughs> point of view to have. Would you say that you've broken that this year? Because I, I would say so, that yeah. I've broken that yeah. this year. Yeah. And I mean, it's always, look... Becoming a better, more open-minded person doesn't happen all in one day. True. So just try to do a little bit better every time. So next time you have a knee-jerk reaction to something, you're like, oh, that can't be good. Oh, I fucking hate that. You don't just, why don't you give it a chance? Yeah. Just see. You still might, but at least you'll have a valid leg to stand on. More knowledge. Yes. And so next time when you say, I don't really like that, you can say, well, I didn't like, I don't like that. And I also don't like it because of this, because of that, because of this, because of that. Not just just because because I've decided that because. It is popular, and therefore I I can't like it. Right. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, B-52 is one of those bands. Fucking fantastic. They're just like, not only were they this like punk, weird collective of, of queer people, but they were talented musicians. And like, I don't know, what a cool little funky art band that deserves every shred of credit that it gets. And I think their self-title from 79 was probably the best. Excellent. Fucking Planet Claire. What a great song. She came from there. 
Uh, number 18 for me is Free Throw, What's Past is Prologue. Um, I've loved them since their first record, 2014's Those Days Are Gone. Uh, number uh, Our first year-end list, top 20, uh, they were number 14. Uh, Bear Your Mind, their 2017 record was number 14 of that list. Uh, we missed seeing them with Chris Farron on the 9th of September to go see Alex LaHaye. So that's a bummer. So I still have not seen them live, but I would love to, and I'm sure they're going to keep going. So don't break up free throw because you're excellent. Do your best. So I, I highly recommend it. And it's a cool record that kind of starts with a with an idea. Um, things are breaking down and then slowly you sort of build up to this end where the two songs at the opposite sort of connect to one another. And it feels really good. You feel like you've gone on a journey. I like records like that because I'm basic. Uh, number, what the fuck are we on? 17? 17? Yeah. yeah. Pup, the band, also. Oh. Uh, their, what was their album that came out this year? What was it called? I don't know. It's not on my list. Ah, oh, damn. Uh, I believe it's called Morbid Stuff. There we go. That's the one. <laughs> that was uh, It was a great album, and the band's fantastic. I listened to their first two records just on repeat forever before we went to go see them. But I'm going to talk about oh. our my year in live shows later. So oh. just Pup, the band. Listen to Pup, the band. And uh, I still can't listen to Sleep in the Heat without crying. Like, I, I no. literally can't listen to that song without crying. Well, I can say for sure Pup will not show back up on this list in any way. No. Shape or form. Number 17 for me is a band called Big Thief. They released two records this year, UFOF and Two Hands. Um, they're nice and dreamy, sleepy, yeah, I've indie heard, pop. They've showed up on, on the playlist that I've listened to. Yeah, they're beautiful. I mean, two records in one year, and they're both, like, hmm. super lauded. People really love them. They're already on, you know, decade-end lists, both of them. So, wow. uh, yeah, if you're going to listen to any songs, UFOF, I Love Century, Cattails, and UFOF, the song. And Two Hands, which came out, you know, like, five months later, is as good, if not better. Not is, like, one of the best songs of the year. Two Hands and Forgotten Eyes are my, my faves. 16? 16. See, okay, so there is a problem when you you reorganize them in the, in the wrong direction. You don't know what actual number it is. The movie Booksmart. Uh, it kind of came and oh, went. Yeah, Olivia right. Wilde directed it, right. uh, her first ever directorial debut. Wilde. And people like to say for shorthand that it's like the female version of Superbad. Superbad, yeah. Uh, which whatever it's way better than Superbad because <laughs> it's it's ladies. So it's a uh, teen sex comedy, but featuring two. Uh, girls and one of them is a lesbian, so it's like. Doesn't it take place in like 2005? No, no, oh, it, it oh. takes place 2018 oh, or 2019. Yeah, okay. But it's really fucking funny, and you should see it if you have not. It's actually on Hulu right now. No shit. If you're listening to my voice, Fuck. go watch it on Hulu. All right, podcast over. <laughs> Number sixteen for me uh, is also something that's uh, sort of on Hulu. On Hulu, if you have the HBO add-on, which we do. Deadwood. Deadwood, the series and the movie, uh, mainly because the movie uh, is so cool. Uh, I love. And I watched Deadwood way back in the day, and then it was gone forever. And I rewatched it knowing the movie was coming out. It's as good as it was back then. It's a great show, and I love it so much. And the movie is strange. I actually would like to rewatch it because now it's been a couple of months. But this was the first thing that ever... Everybody gets their things fulfilled. You know, um, Veronica Mars comes back. Everybody gets their things. And I don't... I can't think of one that I've gotten. So I'll so count, this is you count, I'll count Deadwood. I'm like, this is kind of fun. It's a yeah. fun thing that after, all, especially for a show like that, that was always like, it got canceled prematurely. I'm sure they regretted it, but they're like too prideful to be like, yeah, we fucked up. Let's bring it back because HBO doesn't really do that. So they're mm-hmm. just like, ah, we got to do it. And then it took fucking, you know, 10 plus years to get a movie going. Um, and they, they knocked it out. It was really good. And, and it's David Milch's probably last project because of 
Alzheimer's, it's like it's it's a bittersweet end and it's a bittersweet movie. And I highly recommend it. So fifteen, the band Team Dresh. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the band. Like, <laughs> the band no, no, that sorry. Sorry the band, you're not making it on my recommendations. <laughs> Damn. Uh but yeah, Team Dresh again will be oh, mentioned yeah, shortly. But the the fact that they came back and were you know, they're on Jealous Butcher Records now and able to re release all their stuff and it's just it's one of those things where it's easy to love a band so much and you forget that they're just fucking people in the world. And it's like the four of them have been just living their lives in Portland. Like Donna Dresch works for some software company. And it's like, Wild. you know, you're like, how can that be possible? You're like this band that I love is like, yeah, but nobody, I don't fuck. I can't make money off of music. So I have to live my yeah. life. And it's just, yeah. Not, not talking about their live performance. Cause I'm going to it in a little bit. Uh, Spoiler. Both of their albums. And they're also, they came out with a couple of new tracks too. Personal Best and Captain My Captain. Those are the ones. Uh, they're still listed for 2019. So a huge gripe uh, oh, yeah. that we griped yeah. back before. Gotta fix These your dates. Like Gotta fix your dates. I think, yeah. but yeah. Um, just, they're yeah. fucking great. I'd never Team heard Rush. of them. Never listened to them. Fucking great. Band full of lesbians. Doing fucking punk. And uh, still around. Still, still playing. Around. Like, still like still playing. Number 15 for me, Sergil Simpson. Love Sergil. Um, he released a record right when we started the podcast uh, way back in 2017. Came out with this. Um, apparently, it's from his anime show that he does, and it's a record of uh, songs. I still don't really know because I have no interest in like going down that pathway, <laughs> but I love Sergil Simpson because he's got one foot in that country scene, but he has like, transcended it. He transcended it years ago, but he's still kind of there, and he's got that twang in his voice, but he's doing... like This music is fucking like... Roots rock is a blues. It's fucking rock. I wonder rock what roll. this show is about. I'm like that piques my interest because like I've never heard an anime with a soundtrack like that. No. What would that be? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe it's worth checking out. Mercury in retrograde. One of my favorite songs of the year. Remember to breathe. Good luck. Awesome. Sergio Simpson. Keep doing your thing. Fuck it. Go for it. Four, 14? 14. Yes. The Netflix original series Russian Doll, which oh, stars yes. Natasha Leone. It was really fucking good. It's like kind of like Groundhog's Day if you really want to oversimplify it in that she's re- she dies over and over and over again and she gets brought back to the moment of her I think it's like her 35th birthday or something and she's okay. brought back to the, the bathroom where she like has this weird epiphany uh, but it's incredible it's like another like dark comedy thing where it gets really emotionally sad at points and then also just really fucking funny uh, Amy Poehler was a producer on it I believe um, it's just so, it's written by women it's just like really fucking great show so People. Russian Doll People love that. I wonder if that's coming back. It doesn't I think it is. I think it is in the season two, yeah. Uh, Number 14 for me is a band called Strung Out, Uh, one of my favorite bands when I was a teenager. And then I fell off the wagon, and I didn't realize that they were still making music. And then I uh, heard, I mean, I kind of known. I've kind of known. They released a record in 2015 that I did listen to because my last FM told me I did, but I did not remember it. And now I've gone back and listened to all these records from the 2010s, and they're fucking great. I can't believe I've just slept on them. Uh, so Songs of Armor and Devotion, I love it. I love them. I always love to remember, you know, stuff that you liked when you were 15 and you're like, oh, 
I still like them. They're still making music. That's great. Uh, Ulysses is one of my favorite songs of the year. Uh, and then Demons and Strange Notes are also great songs. 13? Laura Jane Grace and the Devouring Mothers. They came out with an album at the beginning of 2019. Batarat, another band that we got to go see live. Um, it was so good to see Laura Jane Grace. Not uh, Kind of weird, not in against me, but really fun to see her nonetheless. And plus, it's like yeah. two of the guys from Against yeah. Me, too. Doug Fur, uh, one. One, okay. Just the drummer, Adam. But of course, you had to break out the acoustic guitar because you can't fucking help yourself. Um, we had a great time. It was, we, even if, well, also because yes, Control no. Top was there and they might have broken up. And it's just like, the yeah, again, I don't want to get too much into the shows because I'm going to gush later. But uh, Lord Jane Grace and Devouring Mothers, check out Batarat if you somehow did not do that at the well, beginning of the year. Well, and I would say, but. well, and this is controversial and I don't mean to burst your bubble, but this was on my list last year because it came out in November of 2018. Oh! Oh, sorry. We saw them in the beginning We saw them, yes. The album, yeah. didn't the album came out last year okay. uh, and I was on my my list. Gotcha. Of, I did, I think, like, um, number five was, like, the albums that just came out. Antarctica was part of it, okay. like, right as we were recording, so I didn't have enough time with it. Well, but, I'm so sorry to rehash. But, but to rehash is great because the whole point was that I didn't have enough time to know and I can say definitively, that fucking record is great. Yes. And she's already teasing a new against me. and. Damn. Let's go. Let's go. They're definitely going to be the person I've seen live mm. most. <laughs> this will be my 10th time. I mean, I, I don't count that as 10, but yeah. it'll be 10 for her or when I guess he comes back. Uh, number 13 for me, Tallest Man on Earth. I love you like, uh, I love you. It's a fever dream. Um, sleeper record. Um, I can't say that I, I mean, Last FM tells me I've listened to it. Um, it's one of my top records this year, but I don't really remember only a hmm. few songs off of it. It's a sleeper one, and I realize that, and I'm, and I'm, I don't know. I like bands, and I'm thankful for them existing to have records like that. But I like that I can, if I, I just dream of myself driving on the road, and I can just be like, oh yeah, what's going on here? And you just pop it on, and you're like, oh man, roll the windows down, listen to this loud. So we saw him last year, right? We saw him last year, right at the end of last year, December of that was 2018. A fucking fucking show. great show. Yeah. And this was before that record, so I think this record came out in April. So okay. he, we were getting a lot of his EP at that point. He had a couple gotcha. like he was doing a lot of singles in 2018. Right. So, but yeah. yeah, then he released a whole new record. None of those made it on to the new record. That was, and that'll definitely be one of the best shows I've ever seen. Just like to, for him to play straight up, just him, no just opening him. band I'm, for yeah. two hours, and no one else on stage with him. Nope. Incredible. Because you're incle- like completely enraptured the whole time mm-hmm. for just that one gig. And the lights, the lights, oh, the yeah. best thing. Super cool. What number 12? Number 12. Uh, Thin Lips, the band. Oh, yes. <laughs> because. They had an EP this year. They they did. Uh, they were on tour and I guess their van oh, God. I mean, fucked yes. up. Here we go. And they, your... they couldn't play anymore. Oh, so no. they released three songs uh, on their band camp to try to raise money so they could keep going. Carrot Milk? Carrot Milk, yeah, that's right. But they have, what, two records, I think? Two full-length records? Yeah, they've um, got Riff Hard and Chosen Family. Chosen and, Family was the one that I first heard them on. I was like, yeah. This yeah, because I just came out last year, yeah. I think. 2018, yeah. Yep. Uh, fucking great. Again, lesbians. There, there's a theme. There's The theme is always going to be lesbians. Well, and also it's a sad story for you because you didn't get to see them with Hopalong. I know. I can't wait for you to relive that nightmare every time you think of Thin Lips. And I do. Yeah, uh, you do. But it's fucking great to see like a butch lesbian... Uh, the front of a punk band. I'm never not going to like that. I mean, Team Drash. I mean, Alex Leahy's going to be something I talk oh, about yeah. in our live stuff, but sure. like, fucking great. Number 12, Great Britain. They're going through some shit. The country of, well, the, the countries of Great Britain. The, yeah, right. So Great Britain's going through some dumb shit, but you guys are funny and way funnier than we are here. Let's not fucking mince words here. Taskmaster Season 8 still great. Taskmaster Season 9, we are still going to be watching it. Taskmaster has moved on from Dave to... Uh, the, most people the are network not going to know what we're... Yes. The Network Dave to 
Channel 4, and I cannot wait. Also included this year in all of this is Off Menu Podcast with Ed Gamble and James Ancaster, two people alums of Taskmaster. Um, of Taskmaster. Uh, they're, they're Christmas guests this year, uh, Joe Lysett and um, Greg Davies. Oh, shit. It's uh-huh. a goddamn Taskmaster reunion. Amazing. Uh, the Horn Section Podcast, Alex Horn, the creator of Taskmaster. He does a podcast where he just brings people okay, on. So they when he said songs. Great Bitten, what you meant was Taskmaster and its associated acts. <laughs> well, and then I'll throw my dad wrote a porno. So my dad wrote a porno <laughs> okay. season five. Got absolutely it. bonkers. Yeah. Literally some of the grossest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, Alice Levine, James Cooper, Jamie Morton, uh, three of the funniest human beings alive uh, reading Rocky Flintstone's disgusting shit. And we're going to be seeing them live in a couple of I mean, months, March yeah, of 2020. So I thought it would never come. I felt I, we bought the tickets almost a year ago um, from March. Um, so yeah, we're going to go see them. And season five is great. I don't even know if you have if you have them on your recommendations or not. But no, holy. I didn't. Just because I, I think I've done it the last year. Oh yeah, but I'm about to fucking do something I've done for the last two years anyway. So uh, number eleven, Thumbgate Politics, specifically oh, yes. they're both of their Patreon podcasts. Oh no! Oh, oh I thought it was, they had two Patreons. I was like, oh, that's bad. No, no, no. They they have the one Patreon, but like, there's a one dollar. Bonus podcast and then a two dollar bonus podcast. So <laughs> I subscribe to both. But it's just Hopefully like we can get that someday. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that'd be great. I don't know. It's just like comfort food. It's just one of those things that you I'm like, I'm kinda sad. Or like, I don't know, I could put it on just consistently know that I'm gonna get funny shit that I love from two people that are hilarious, great comedy people. So Yeah. It's been a year of comfort food for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's been nice to just like do work and have people that you know, you just like to hear her in the background. Yes, and you can only re-listen to porno so many times. It's <sighs> like, True. Which I will be doing again once I've caught up to dumb gay politics. There are last two and a half years that I've just now back to present day. So Yeah. It, honestly, it's just listening to it for the new seasons. And obviously, I'll, I'll probably do a re-listen of the whole thing before we go to the show. Even though it has no bearing on right. Belinda's 30th birthday that we're going to experience. It's still just fun to like hear them. And yeah, they basically are. Our best friends. Yes. I mean, and that's fun that's with all podcasts. Hopefully, we're your best friends. If you say that I'm your best friend, I am your best friend. Um, me too. I'm yes. going to be best friends. Let's be best friends. So let's close out this with my number 11. Yes. Ken Burns Jazz. So I probably maybe mentioned it last year that I had started watching it. I finished it in early 2019. What my one takeaway from all of that was that I wanted to listen to more jazz. And I've said that before. And I, you go through my last FM that I've been doing since 2005, and you'll see like, oh, the three Miles Davis songs, the three Coltrane's in like 2008. And you're like, I see what I was like trying to do. And I've come across this multiple times with the big hitters, you know, Louis Armstrong. It's like, oh, 2006. Cute. It's a cute try. But th- this year I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to develop a brain that can listen to jazz. That when can, I like, tell you that think. this motherfucker has been listening to so much jazz. Every time I see him listening to something on Spotify, it's fucking jazz. Anytime I walk by the podcast room. Sorry. What is this called? The boiler room? Uh, the Black house. Anytime I walk by the black house. Black house. Yes. Fucking jazz. It's just jazz all day and all night with him. So <laughs> this is a real true fact for better or worse. Well, we'll get to that in my number 10. But Kelly, this time is part three. Oh, geez. I'm so, see, this is why people like shock jocks and stuff have a soundboard ready to go. You don't have to fuck around with. Part three. Yeah, we don't have to open our phones, put in our passwords <laughs> right. to use our free Jingle Bell app. Like that needs to, 
You know, it <laughs> sucks right. too because like that's got to be in the show notes, whatever that is. Oh yeah, it's garbage. Like, you had to go through like three ads to get to it. So. Oh, but it's working. <laughs> it is working. And there is an ad at the bottom. I can see it. <laughs> All right, Kelly. Part three. We are moving on. It's time to rank Dylan. Before we do our rankings, though, I'm going to throw out some numbers at you. Oh, everyone's favorite. First episode that we did this year was episode 76, Beyond Here Lies Nothing, on February 4th, 2019. Our latest episode was Dirge, our last episode. Episode one fucking hundred. Do I have my harmonica? Oh, what? I still never got my noise blower. I don't have, I'm not ready. I'll just have to do sleigh bells. For 100. For 100. The difference between Beyond Here Lies Nothing in 2009 and Dirge, the difference between January 17th, 1974 and April 28th, 2009 is 12,885 days, 1,840 weeks and five days. The difference of 35 years, three months and 11 days. Wow. (laughs) We did an April Fool's episode this year. It's called Into the Void. Oh, we're talking about it? We have to. It's our, our tradition. Into the Void, Nine Inch Nails, episode 53, Pretty Hate Machine. That's we right. did a, a retrospective episode for the 30th anniversary. It was great. Uh, if you have not listened to that or you are going to, you know, it's the 30th anniversary. So go fucking listen to Before Into the it's Void. 2020. Oh my gosh. The great Into the Void. And if you liked episode 53, don't worry. There's definitely 53 episodes before it. <laughs> episode this year, the longest episode. Guess. Do you know what the longest episode we did? Ooh, Sackley probably. Close. Sackley was uh, one hour and 23 minutes, but the number one, you will not be surprised by this, was Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts. One hour and 45 minutes. Although, oh my God. Into the Void was one hour, 24 minutes, and 34 seconds. Our music video month episode outdoors was eight seconds shorter than that. Damn. So we did a couple of long episodes. This one will be one of them. Man, I wish we could have like an achievement thing like Xbox know. or something where anybody that listens to the entirety of Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts gets well, a little badge. I mean, I wish. I wish. Our shortest episode, Time Passes Slowly, which we both uh, liked a lot. Uh, 36 minutes and 27 seconds in and out. Nice. We're done. So Kelly, so we had a lot of great songs um, this year. Um, a lot of um, under the radar Bob Dylan songs. We had a couple of the biggest hits, like Rolling Stone. Sure, but a lot of them are not in a greatest hits. I think that's actually of all of the ones that we have here. I think it's the only one. Not even Beyond Girl here lies North, nothing. Girl from North Country. No, absolutely. <gasps> really? Yeah, totally. No, that one gets overshadowed for Blowing in the Wind and Masters of War. Oh. Like, yeah. I mean, you're just thinking Mistake. of a generic, a generic best of those songs. Oh, sure. Culturally, are more important if you will because he's the spokesman of a generation bullshit but i would say that um beyond here lies nothing and like a rolling stone are the only two that i know that are on a greatest hits and beyond here lies nothing is just because it's like it was his newest song in 2009 Mm. so kelly yes so plus or minus if you don't know my rankings are going to be the baseline and plus or minus is going to be kelly's ranking relative to mine so plus or minus three has been the standard of like who gives a fuck you know, some basically people, the it's, same. We it's agree. basically the same. So plus or minus a margin of error. Yeah, exactly. So plus or minus one and one, two and three is usually where we start. And for the most part, that's where most of our songs align, because I think we generally as we do a podcast, we tend to sort of see one another's point of view and we tend to agree with the point of view. And then we bring later whatever sort of feelings we have to bear on our rankings, which for the most part, we don't care that much about the songs to bring them anything. I ranked Dirge 
at number four. You ranked it at number three. So you were one ahead of me. Baby, I'm in the mood for you. I ranked at number six. You ranked at number five. So these were two very high songs. Not Dark Yet, I ranked at number three. You ranked at number four. Summer Days, I ranked at number 10. You ranked at number 11. Down the Highway, number 16. Number 17 for you. When the Night Comes Falling from the Sky, I did number 20. You did number 21. So you can see where we're going here. So that's kind of the vibe. Very close on all of those. Uh, plus or minus two is where it gets a little more interesting, but still not that interesting. Lily, <laughs> Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts, I ranked it at number five. You ranked it at number seven. One More Night, I you, at the opposite end of the spectrum, I ranked this at number 22. You ranked it at number 24. Nearly at the bottom. 25 is the lowest. Uh, and then plus or minus three, we had a couple. Um, you ranked... Um, tonight I'll be staying here with you at number six. I ranked it at number nine, so I was lower than you. And Open the Door Homer, you ranked at 15. I ranked at number 18. So um, three there. And then Cry a While, I had at number 19. You had at number 22. So we also thought relatively the same for all of those. Did you know that we had the same ranking for three songs? I did not. Exactly the same number? Exactly the same number. Oh my number. gosh. And we ranked 25 songs and we picked three of them where that were exactly the same. Now I know... I know people at home are like, I know exactly what songs they are. And if you were thinking about Spanish as the loving tongue, I can say, you got us. You got us. You can listen to that song. You can listen to that episode and you can really hear it from us that it's like, we think 100% this is going to be a 23 ranked episode. Number 23. Yeah. Exactly the same. And everyone at home is like, oh, they're going to rank that 23. Yeah. And you were right. You were right. Um, <laughs> what you might be surprised at is that we both ranked like a Rolling Stone number two. Yeah. And we both ranked Girlfriend in the North Country number one. Nice. If you're traveling in the North Country fire Where the winds hit heavy on the borderline Remember me to one who lives there She once was a true love of mine uh, Plus four, you were up four from me on Stack of Lee. Surprisingly, I ranked this at number 24. You ranked this at number 20. It's ironic because if you were to ask me what my favorite episode of the year is, I would say Stack of Lee. Well, and that's why mine... Was higher because because one of my categories is the impact it had on my life, yeah. and I think that that was such an informative episode that it brought that it, it brought up. up. Yeah, and because yours is scientific and mine is more just like here's the song. Right. I don't take that into account. I right. don't take our episode almost at all into account. Mm-hmm. So this is purely the songs, and it's uh, I can say definitively that that's my top one of my top three song songs that we've done this year. But it's a terrible song from Bob Dylan. Sure. From yeah, everyone yeah. else, that's great. But I get. But again, your scientific is is foolproof. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm five above you on a couple of songs. I'm five above you on Duquesne Whistle. I had it at number eleven. You had it at number sixteen. Beyond here lies nothing. I had it fourteen. You had it nineteen. So a little bit of a difference, but not too bad. Uh, your five up on me on a couple of songs. You had time passes slowly at number eight. I had it at number thirteen. When the deal goes down, I had it number 15, you had it number 10. And nothing was delivered, you had it number 12, and I had it number 17. So again, not too bad. Now it starts to get a little more dire. I'm six above you on pledging my time. I put that at number 12, you put it at number 18. Seven above, 
this one surprises me because I, I thought we enjoyed House of the Rising Sun. I had it at number seven. You had it at number fourteen. Mm-hmm. So that one's a t- that one. I'm confused about that one. Uh, and then it gets crazy. Number you're twelve up on me. Twelve up on Kingsport Town. You had it at number nine. I had it at number twenty one. Again, going back to the song, and crazily, you had thirty two twenty blues at number thirteen. I had it at twenty five. That's my lowest song. I think I went a little too too high on that one. That one. That one. We'll get to it later. My Brook argument. Yes. Yes. And the granddaddy of them all, quite possibly the biggest margin of error we've had, 17. Just like a woman. <laughs> I was like, what? You ranked it at 25. I ranked it at number eight. Yeah, 25 so, is in the worst. Yeah. Look, again, Which again, because of your science, because it's of. The because, science. So let's, let's get into the science. So you rank these in five categories. I do. Because out of 50 sounds nice. Right. Yeah. Out of 50 out of points. 50. Mm-hmm. So every category gets one through 10 for a total of max total of 50 points. Categories are how much I like the song. Just got reaction. I feel like this is where Daniel's rankings primarily are. Like, this is how much I like the song in, in order of one to 25, right? Yeah. Level of boredom, boredom slash slogginess. Now, due to the nature of the category, it's in reverse order, meaning like, in order for it to appropriately be ranked, number one is the lowest, so it gets the fewest number of points. So 10 is 10. no slog, one is all slog. Correct, yes. yeah. 10 is least slog, one is most slog. Uh, lyrical content, so do How I good are the like lyrics? the lyrics? Right, I mean, right. these are all pretty self-explanatory. It is, and for the most part, it all makes sense, but yes, keep going. Is my life better having listened to this song? That's love where it. we get into like, how much did I love the discussion in the episode? How much did I like researching it or learning about the different facets of things? Or at the end of the year, you're sitting down and you're like, oh, I remember that one instantly. Yes. Yeah. And I don't have to like re-listen to it or whatever because yeah. I just know what this is. Because it made an impact. we had a good... Yes. Yeah. Rage feeling towards Bob Dylan. Now, this category, again, is in reverse order, so... A one means I'm really fucking mad at the guy. Ten no means rage. Gr- no rage. No rage. This yes. is fine. Uh, this can be a little amorphous in that what am I mad at him for can really run the gamut. Am I mad that he made me listen to it? That can factor in for sure. Am I mad at the lyrical content, which I know gets its own category, but still I'm pretty bad yeah. about it. So It's kind of, uh, if, if you listen to our Buffy podcast, there's a catch-all category that this one can be that. Yes, exactly. It can be like, oh, I need to adjust what I did. Oop, let me move When I need there. to juke the stats. Rage at Bob Dylan is where that's going to go. Well, I have questions then for all of these. So I've went through all the numbers painstakingly, spent years uh, scribing it out, writing it, you know, just trying to find a rhyme reason. You know, just clay tablets, putting it all in. Uh, How much you like this song? Uh, A few just interesting tidbits I found along the way. Sure. Um, Lily Rosemary, you ranked it at number seven overall, but you only liked it. Um, we'll just start with category by category. This is how much you like the song. You only liked Lily of Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts 5 out of 10. Right. Which would make it number 23 in your liked category. Right. But it ended up being number 7. So yeah. because of all the rest of it. It's very fascinating that that was one in particular that really struggled. But then the rest of it, because it was a long episode, a fun episode. It was a really fun episode, actually. Yeah. Um, well, this really? is this is why like the categories are irrefutable. Like the because the science is is so ironclad that if your song is over four minutes long, I'm gonna not like it yeah. just on principle. Like <laughs> just, you're just like, like you're already starting at a five yeah, out of ten basis. Good. And I mean, so five the rest is of it that can... low. You no, 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 like no, five, no, it's like five means that I'm not mad at it, 
but you, I also don't like it. Yeah, you didn't rank uh, for the likes. I mean, there wasn't any anything really egregious. I mean, Cry a While was ranked number twenty two on your list, so kind of the inverse of Lily Rosemary. But you liked it six of ten, so you liked it musically better than mm-hmm. Lily Rosemary. So it could have potentially been a number sixteen. And again, potentially is hard because there's a lot of other number sixes, right? So like, sure, it yeah. can really run the gamut of like, mm-hmm. could it be number eight or could it be number sixteen? Right. It's gonna be a lot of ties because we're only working with ten numbers, right? Ex- so. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not really going too far on this one, but like Beyond Here Lies Nothing was ranked number 18, but you liked it seven of 10. So a number like in the number eight, potentially the biggest one though was baby. I'm in the mood for you, which got a nine out of 10. You ranked it number for liking Mm -hmm. number five overall, but just on likes, it would have been at least number two or three. Yeah. Because like Rolling Stone was a number nine. Number 10, of course, was girl from another country. Right. Perfect. Was that the only one that got a 10? Girl from another country. Likes. Girl from another country. Probably the only song. Well, it's 10 across the board, yeah. 10 across the board. It's it's like Ironclad 50. Level of boredom, I found also interesting. Obviously, the inverse is very hard at first to like... To wrap your head around a little bit. You know, but then I look at Girl from the Other Country, I'm like, 10. Okay, then that's good. Right. So I have to go the Because immediately you're like, level of bored and 10 would mean that I'm super bored with it. But no, no, no. Because you need numbers. You need numbers, exactly. So the sloggiest for you uh, was Stackily Mm -hmm. and Just Like a Woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three being the highest one. Yeah. I mean, there's no twos or ones. Right. And Spanish and Loving Tongue, also three. Oh, was it three as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, the least slogginess, of course, was Girl from the North Country. There was no number nine, because mm. fuck it. Uh, number eight, a <laughs> couple of eights. Uh, we had Time Passes Slowly, which, I, you know, I can see. Baby on the Mood for You, for sure. Dirge, yeah, you know, uh, definitely. Because we had... not a knock. This is just like, come on, man. We've been doing the same thing for four fucking minutes. I like... But then I want to uh, ask you about uh, 3220 Blues. So my, my number 25, the worst song of the year for sure. Uh, slog. You're saying there's no slog in 3220 just because he's like getting it? Yeah. I, guess. I mean, the song's only like two and a half minutes long, right? And we're still talking true. about like classic blues technique. Okay. And, and I guess true. And you don't get that every day from yeah. Bob. So you're like, all right, whatever. I guess it just after listening to Robert Johnson, I'm like, fuck it. Shut up. <laughs> All the doctors in high spring sure ain't gonna happen now. If she gets unruly, thinks she don't want you. If she gets unruly, thinks she don't want you. Take my 3220 now, break her half in two. Now she got 38 special, but I believe it's supposed to die. Lyrical content, of course, 10, Girl from the North Country. You also gave it to Lily Rosemary. I think it's wise especially songs that are just narratively driven right. propulsion-wise, uh, kind of deserve That's why this is such credit. an equitable system. I, mean, I know, like, I love it, I love it's, it. It just makes sense, right? Nines, like, like a Rolling Stone, Dirge, yeah. Not Dark Yet. I think I completely agree with those. Uh, four, Cry A While. I put that at five. Uh, four, <laughs> Just Like a Woman. I mean, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I love the episode. I think that yeah. was a good episode from yeah. us. But um but yeah, I, I understand why it's there. One more night, of course, we pretty much lambasted because that was like really stupid. Right. That was not the Nashville skyline, right? Where it's just like a straightforward pop song. Exactly. Right, right, right. Or merit, really. Yeah. yeah. And then the inverse here of your slogginess rating was a three for lyrical content on 3220 Blues, which yes. is fair. Yes. Not only because we didn't really care for it and shooting women is not great, yeah, not great. but uh, it is not his song not too, his song, yeah. which I think so for automatically just, kind of fives you. So yeah, you know. to throw it, yeah, exactly. To throw it out there, any song that he didn't write that I could remember that he didn't write, five automatically because it's like, that's not fair. Man. Yeah, nine years. And if you do like a really good adaptation, like yeah, I guess you could bring it. Up. Yeah, if you made a, a lot of lyrical changes or like really made it its own, that's yeah. one thing. But it's like otherwise, but it's, if it's cover, sorry, bro. It's true, and it should be lower if it's a cover. Just you should never have like it'll do Karina, Karina do a lot of covers over the years. 
they should not be fucking number one. I think it doesn't impact one. how much I like the song, which is yes. why the categories, again, I can't, can't stop singing my own praises here. It's true. It's true. It's <laughs> it's lovely. It's really, the it's all coming together for me. Is My Life Better, the most subjective category, and, and great. And I love it a lot. Um, Girlfriend of the Country, of course, 10. Uh, Stack of Lee, loved it. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously very low on other things, but uh, high there. And Like Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. So you liked all of those. That's good to know. You see, it's hard to tell which episodes you really like. Uh, even for me, you know, I can only remember them just off the top of my dome. I don't have science in front of me like you do. Well, like I said, it's not it's not only um, the how much fun I had doing the episode with like the research behind it, but also another thing when it comes to Bob Dylan, voice of a generation, getting those really big songs are always going to be huge in this type of category just because like, oh, this context is unlocking yeah. this huge piece of that song was fucking gigantic True. for the world at large, not just somebody who's a fan of Bob Dylan. So right. that's always going to be a high rated song just because like, Oh, I have that little piece of knowledge in life because if you haven't ever listened to an episode of the show, this is the wrong one to listen to, but I haven't ever listened to Bob Dylan. So right. the only two songs I had really heard and would know like that's Bob Dylan before this is, uh, I don't even think like Rolling Stone counts blowing in the wind, maybe. Yeah. And tambourine man, I think are, are it. The only ones that are below a five for is my life better. So they made your life worse. <laughs> Right, exactly. Was one more night, which is not so surprising. Yeah. But one that is surprising, honestly, is our is our season three opener, Beyond Here Lies Nothing. I I thought it had a fun little uh little uh like sax riff and stuff. I don't know. But honestly, I can't defend that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I get it though. It's I, um. Was that the one? Oh, that's not the music video one. No, I'm thinking. Of well, that. it was. It's the one with the music video where like the guys beating. The oh yeah, I feel like that had a huge impact on. On like why? Yeah. Yeah, and it, that's the one's like bah, 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 bah. Yeah. Oh well I love you pretty baby. You're the only love I've ever known. Just as long as you stay with me, the whole world is my throne. Beyond here lies nothing Nothing we could call our own Mainly what I have a question on is Dirge got a seven. Mm -hmm. So despite, despite or because of you playing that song, like you spent a lot of time playing the song. Ouch. You spent a lot more time with that than I maybe ever have, honestly. Was it, was a seven because you spent too much time and you're kind of like over it or is seven because it's just like that's like the natural level of it. Like, did did you trying to play it and learn it make it worse or make it better? Yeah, I know that's that's tough because I think the answer to that both of those questions is, is yes, yes. <laughs> because anytime you're doing something over and over, you're like, oh man, if I have to listen to the first fifteen seconds of this song again, I might blow my brains out. But it's also like it was. A, it's like a learning thing. You're yeah, it was the first song I took you. to Todd. Yeah. My my the guitar instructor. I would say R.I.P. He's not dead, but we we're not doing lessons anymore. He's so. uh, going to St. Louis. R.I.P.ing to St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to put his business out there. If Guitar Center reps, if you're listening, Todd is thinking to be here forever. It will work at Guitar Center until he dies. That's that's the official story. Anyway, <laughs> and if you want to listen to his music, it'll be in our show notes. But it is the first song that we went. Like I talked to him, I was like, "Hey, I, I need to learn how to play this song. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we were just kind of building technique and doing other stuff." And it was so cool. And that opened me up to being able to play by ear and understanding a lot of different stuff. And it was huge. So that had a huge impact on my life for sure. But then, yeah, listening to it a million times really. That that could be higher. It could be higher. Again, this is a little bit of juke in the stats. No, I know. I I wanted to listen to more jazz. 
you wanted to play the guitar. We played the guitar to get during Baby I'm in the Mood for You, yeah. which was on um, St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. We all got drunk and we all played guitar. With we guitar. hooked Remember, up. Never forget our third co-host. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is one of our my favorite episodes because she was on it. Very memorable. But we hooked up on my computer. We all played and we were all very bad. Mm-hmm. And from there, you were like, I'm going to become a guitar legend. And I was like, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to jazz. We, and both, we, we both, both did, did our, our things. I know, and you're now a, a proficient expert no, at guitar. Expert. Expert. Proficient, nope. maybe, yeah. <laughs> but proficient, yes. And you just saying you can listen has always been. I don't know. I've never really tried, but like, it just seems impossible. I don't think that. I don't think my brain can possibly work like that. But yours definitely always could. I'm I sure. think that we should be very proud of ourselves for doing the thing we set out to do. We did, which is tough. Yeah, and and again, doing another year of a podcast. It's yeah. hard to do. It Look can get us. trying. We're doing our best. Doing our best. And finally, Rage Towards Bob. Surprisingly, surprisingly, nothing was low. I expected some ones, but you are incredibly generous, I which know. I don't know why. Because um, I wasn't really mad at I know, it. which is kind of nice. And yeah. I think after all this time, I think it's, you kind of like really start to accept the person. And that's probably yeah. good. Like there really shouldn't be that many songs of Dylan's that like you should be like raging over. There's a couple of bad ones, but they're bad songs, but they're not like, I hate your you for existing you know i've definitely become more leaning over time just with the context and like being yeah. more familiar with his work for sure so so like just like a woman your lowest ranking one was a six yeah like you well, had no, you uh-uh. had five which was when the night comes falling from the sky yeah, yeah. fair enough <laughs> I completely agree i yes. but see in my basic ass brain i would be like one see i mean because in my head i would also be like there has to be a one there has to be a two oh, gotcha. there could be like 42s there can be 43s but there has to be at least one one. Oh yeah no i never but felt that compulsion stupid no it shouldn't be that way because that's wrong decade by decade breakdown uh just to kind of go through we had uh only one song from the 2010s duquesne whistle uh that that's our third song off of tempest uh two thousand in the 2000s we had our second and third songs off of love and theft our very first song of the podcast honest with me was from love and theft so we haven't listened to a love and theft song in pretty our, all of season one after the first song all of season two until season three wow wow that was yeah we went song. from episode one to episode 79 wow yikes uh and then uh modern times we listened to our second song when the deal goes down we had listened to spirit on the water last year and then our very first song in in 2009 for together through life beyond here lies nothing so so i got a whole 10 you know uh nine songs left on that one 1990s we had our first uh world gone wrong song with sakali uh, we had our second Time Out of Mind song with Not Dark Yet uh, to go along with Cold Irons Bound, our fourth song ever. And then uh, 3220 Blues was an outtake from World Gone Wrong, but it's on the Bootleg Series Volume 8, Telltale Signs, and I don't really count those numbers. Uh, Empire Burlesque, we have done the record before, episode 66 from the 1980s, but um, this is our very first song. So eh, it's a good first song. Uh, I'm not looking forward to any of the others except for Dark Eyes. Um, 1970s, a pretty good chunk here. So New Morning, this was our third New Morning song. Uh, time passes slowly this mm-hmm. year. We've listened to Dogs If Dogs Run Free, episode 31, oh, God, right. and went to see The Gypsy, episode 68, last year. So uh, Dylan, the 1973 record, which I don't think we have any other songs on here. We might do the record at some point. But Spanish is the loving tongue. He did for self-portrait. He's done a few versions of it. So we listened to those versions um, during episode 85. So if you want to listen to that. But this is our first and probably only song from that album. Um, 1974, Planet Waves. We uh, Ridiculously, episode five was our first album, Planet Waves, which is another probably 
one we could amend if we needed to. But Dirge was our episode 100, and Dirge was the best song on Planet Waves. Yep. Uh, Blood on the Tracks was, was our third Blood on the Tracks song, famously Tangled Up in Blue. Number three of all time, terrible. Shelter from the Storm, much better, uh, 65. And this one was episode 93. And then the 60s, where most of our stuff lies. Uh, this is our third Bob Dylan, his uh, self-titled song, uh, to go with Song for Woody, Song to Woody, um, episode 32, and See That My Grave is Kept Clean, episode 47. Uh, this is our second and third freewheeling Bob Dylan songs. We listen to Girl from the North Country and Down the Highway, and that goes with I Shall Be Free from Woody Guthrie Month. Uh, we listened to Kingsport Town, which was an outtake from the 60s, as well as Baby, I'm in the Mood for You. Highway 61 Revisited, this is our second song from the album. We did the whole album, episode 50. Big blow-up celebration. That was a really great episode to go back and listen to. And we uh, tuned some blues last year at the very end, episode 74. And then this one was episode 87, which we did for my birthday. Um, Blonde on Blonde, this is probably our most prolific album. This is our fourth and fifth song from Blonde on Blonde. Um, we did I Want You. Episode 20, fourth time around, episode 28, and sooner or later, one of us must know, episode 71. And we added Pledging My Time and Just Like a Woman. So mm. we're really getting getting it done. Uh, the Basement Tapes. So this is our quote-unquote fourth and fifth. After all of my hemming and hawing and deleting Basement Tapes songs, um, we've done Clothesline Saga, Ye Heavy and a Bottle of Bread, episode 39, and Odds and Ends, episode 49. Uh, we add to that Open the Door Homer. And nothing was delivered. We also did King of France and Don't You Try Me Now, episodes 8 and episode 11. We would have probably done a lot more of shitty um, basement tapes, outtakes, not part of the 1975 album if we didn't step in and del- and stop the madness. So the fact that those exist are kind of hilarious to me because none of those are on our list now. We will do them in time. Uh, and Nashville Skyline, this was our first time, our, f- our first and second Nashville Skylines. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I mean, I don't Muppet count... Boys. I don't count Girl from the North Country, because obviously we listened to that. That's the first song on Nashville Skyline with Johnny Cash. But uh, tonight I'll be staying here with you and one more night. But I guess if Girl from the North Country counted, then it would be first, second, and third from that record. Um, but yeah, so that's the whole record. That's everything. That's all of our songs. Um we had a pretty good array, but we've missed a lot. The only one right off the bat that I know we have not done anything on as far as um, albums. is Another Side of Bob Dylan, 1964. Times are changing. I think we've only done Ballad of Hollis Brown as far as I know. No, we did with God on our side, so that one's fine. Um, yeah, I think Another Side of Bob Dylan is the only one that we have nothing on. Well, what about the three Jesus albums? Um, we, we've done Lenny Bruce, which was on Shot of Love. I think, yeah, I think Saved. Saved and um, Slow Train. No, we did When God Gives Names to All the Animals. So yeah, I think Saved is the only one. So Saved and Another Side of Bob Dylan are the two just offhand. That we have not. That I don't think we have a single version of Hmm. or an outtake of or anything. So we'll see what the future brings. I mean, surely we're going to get those at some point. Kelly, welcome to part four. Jesus Christ. Boop, 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 boop. Part four. Part four. We're back to Bob Dylan. We're back to Christmas. Got our eggnog. Uh, yeah, Got our crackling fire. We don't have sounds for crackling fire. Damn. Don't have sounds for eggnog. Like Ooh, making eggnog. Just like battering stirring. eggs, I guess. It's just stirring. It's just slow stirring forever. I don't like eggnog. Mm. So I don't. I, I don't want it. It's drinkable custard. That's terrible. Mm. It's delicious, but it sounds gross, yeah. 
What's not gross is Bob Dylan's album, Christmas in the Heart, from 2009. This is the back end. So this is uh, songs 9 to 15. We have Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Lovely Little Ditty. Our favorite song, I think, by far, the classic Must Be Santa. Like, one of the, not only one of the best music videos of all time, but also just Bob Dylan's performance is so lovely. Like, he really just goes for it. And you gotta gotta respect that. Uh, Silver Bells, The First Noel, Christmas Island. Like legitimately one of my favorite Bob Dylan songs. Christmas Song and Oh Little Town of Bethlehem. We've said it all before. I think Must Be Santa is by far the best. Um, again, when he's up-tempo. I, at this point, knowing these songs so intimately and doing this so many years, I'm like, these are the ones I'm looking for when he's like just kind of crooning with Silver Bells and First Noel. It's like it's not that it's bad. Anytime the choir's involved, I'm into it. But Christmas Island, that fucking Aloha A is still fucking great. It is. It's so good. And like bringing that back at the very end of the song too, when it all just kind of like coalesces and then you get them again. I'm like, you could have done that literally the whole song. That could have served as your chorus. That could have served as your bridge. But you fucking held it all the way to the end because you have integrity. And integrity is the one thing that lacks in almost all Christmas songs. Oh, sure. Yep. If you ever spend Christmas on Christmas You'll never stray for every day your Christmas dreams come true. That's what I'm trying to like is an immediate like direct line to the Andrews sisters. Yeah. Which is really cool. Absolutely. And they were our first, which we'll get to. But um yeah, I would say Christmas Island, same level as Christmas must be tonight, classic. So that's right. That's, I just gotta say it. I just gotta say it. Uh, the band Christmas Must Be Tonight is the, the unofficial best. what tenth, twelfth track of this album is Christmas Must Be Tonight. If he fucking covered it, <laughs> it would be bad. And I wish he, nobody should ever cover that song no. because it's perfect, it's perfect and it needs nothing. We more. heard it on Sirius XM we Radio heard it live nope. in real life. I mean, like just IRL. Yeah, out there. This is fucking bananas. Would, I, honestly, if I heard any of these IRL, I would immediately stop and be like. Wherever I am, if I'm in the gap, I'm about to buy something. Like, this is like, you've done it for me. You've opened up a door. Unbeknownst to you, you've just gained a customer. You've just gained a customer for life. Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. We uh, don't have any rules for this. We listen to Christina Aguilera, year one. Leslie Odom Jr., year two. Uh, Great versions both around. We listen to Cat Power this year. Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas, 2013. Right after Sun came out, so she's excellent. Uh, She just came out with Wanderer uh, this year, which... uh, haven't listened to go and do that must be santa classic uh the only version uh rule that we have is horrifying that's the only rule for this it has to be horrifying year one was pokemon off of uh, 2007's christmas bash mary lambert have or i'm sorry not have there is no have uh her album's called a quote mary because mary lambert christmas 2003 and then of course raffi raffi's christmas album 1983 (laughs) it's sad I, every time you put a kid's bop song The rule on is called horrifying. And, and that's 1983. That's way before. Achieved. Way before kid's bops. I would never stoop so low. That's low-hanging fruit. You gotta I mean, find as the an horror. idea. I know, but you got to find the horror. That's what you got to find. And I found it. Silver Bells. Um, the only rule here is that it has to be from an album uh, that goes by the title A, insert name here, Christmas. Mm-mm. So year one, She and Him from A, She and Him, Christmas. John Legend, a legendary Christmas. Oh, come on. I get it. 
And unfortunately, we had to kind of go low-hanging on this one because I couldn't find anything better. Twisted Sister, A Twisted Christmas. Uh, Not great. We, In fact, weirdly, we talked about them like, and just a couple like, of like weeks ago. Like the just vapidness of... The vapidness of the music. Rock. And yeah, and then I was like, ah, it's speaking to me. So I had to do it. Uh, the first Noel, the only rule for this is that the album has to be called Home for Christmas. It can't be I'm home for Christmas or someone's <laughs> home. It has to be Home for Christmas. Full stop. Uh, Dolly Parton's Home for Christmas was our year one, 1990. NSYNC Home for Christmas, 1998. And this year, the Dulcimer, it was Dulcimer Dan and the Blue, Dulcimer Dan and the Blue Skies Band. <laughs> From, you did so good. <laughs> the, year, the year 2000. Home oh, for Christmas. Dulcimer clearly. Dan. Dulcimer Dan. <laughs> Christmas Island, uh, as we said, it's as good as Christmas is supposed to be tonight. Andrew Sisters, year one, with Bing Crosby, 1945. AJJ, last year, we just took a different take on it, which the rule for that was kind of like, because they did the song, and then that was obviously not the song, because it was about, you know, atomic bombs and his grandfather. So I was like, I would love to have one that's not, but I just couldn't, I don't care enough to look up the lyrics. I didn't want to listen to it very long. And so I was like, I don't know if these songs are legitimately the song song or not. So I just picked... Uh, Leon Redbone, and he's on there from 1988. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the story, everybody. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, there's no rules for a Christmas song. Uh, year one, we did Nat King Cole, classic. Right. Uh, year two, we did Jesse J featuring Babyface. Babyface, famously, part of uh, our Cold Irons Bound episode. Right. Yes, 1997, he was up for Album of the Year, mm-hmm. along with a plucky upstart called Radiohead that also lost, and we've never heard from them again. <laughs> This Christmas Day from Jesse um, Jesse J. And then uh, I did Alicia Keys. Um, I'm, I, the pattern I can see here, minus Nat King Cole from 1962, is that Jesse J. was 2018, which was season two. Alicia Keys was this year, 2019. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking it's Christmas A song has got to be, okay. not relevant, but the year that it happens. So either it has to be from 1962 or it has to be from... Next year will be 2020. In time. In time. Uh, and so then finally, Oh Little Town of Bethlehem. Uh, we're only allowed to do versions from 1957. Uh, Frank Sinatra, Jolly Christmas, 1957. Elvis, year two. Elvis, uh, his Christmas album, 1957. And this year, Sammy Kay, I Want to Wish You a Merry Christmas, 1957. There's only one left, Gene Autry. And um, that's it. So I don't know what's going to happen on year five. Yeah. So we might not ever talk about a little town of Bethlehem again until next year. That might be the last time we ever really discuss the uh, the song and its existence. I just. I guess at some point you can just phase out, right? I mean, that's what we're working toward: phasing out. The fact that we even have something to say the third time around is. Well, we've had nothing to say so far. That's true. We are just listing things. Uh, Season three, we do auxiliary songs at the end of the year. Sort of our favorite favorite. That's a that's a heavy word here, but we did I I we put four songs on here at the end, um that are just Christmas. Last year, obviously, we did Christmas must be tonight. I thought about putting it on here four times in a row for season three. <laughs> for the auxiliary songs, but I great. but I didn't do that. So we have four four songs. Um, Band Aid. Do they know it's Christmas? Um, these are the same people that did um the Live Aid stuff. Um, Bob Geldorf. So all that kind of shit. It's really kind of offensive. Yep. Like, yeah, it's not So it's like, there's no snow in Africa. Also, yeah. there's no food. Food, exactly. So it's <laughs> real shit. real tough. And uh, Bob Dylan has no relation to this, but it is the Bob Geldorf who does Live Aid and all of that back in the day. So this is pretty old. This is from the 80s. Uh, did Macklemore, It's Christmas Time. 
offensively bad. Uh, Taylor Swift, Christmas Tree Farm, really shows that even somebody as talented as Taylor Swift, it's hard to write a Christmas song. Mm-hmm. And so we can all feel better about having at least one good Christmas song. I went to Sufjan Stevens, who has to be on every playlist, only at Christmas time. He literally has 12 EPs of Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. He's got over 100 songs of Christmas. If you don't listen to Sufjan Stevens at Christmas, what are you doing? So maybe slowly but surely this will just be Sufjan Stevens Christmas. That's what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. That would be for the best, honestly. Okay. Did you listen to that Macklemore song? Oh, yeah. You weren't Did you hear about the, about dead the dog? dog? The yeah. dead dog. Like, And what do you think about Taylor Swift's then? Like, it's generic, right? They're like, it didn't uh, Yeah, really... but oh my God. The, like, the, is it even the opening line where she's like, it's like a Christmas tree farm in my heart. What? What? Yeah, the metaphors are tough. What? What's a Christmas tree farm in your heart? Bob Dylan would never stoop to that level. Hmm, sure. He says while he's immediately thinking of like four cringeworthy things. <laughs> Kelly, that's the end of part four. That's the end of Christmas. So any final thoughts on uh, Christmas in the heart? We'll start turning. Torches start burning. And behold, wise men journey from the I concur. <laughs> and that brings us to part five. <laughs> this is where we count down our best of 2019. So from 10 down to number one, Kelly. Uh, yeah, Kelly, you go first. Yes, I will. Thank you. Atlanta season two. We watched this at the oh, beginning of God. the year. I know it came out, what, like two years ago, two or three years ago? Uh, at this no, point. no, no. Only one. It came oh. out last year. Well, good. Yeah. Uh, I think the next season. So but I never year. watched it, so you and I watched it together, and it was really fucking good. That was a Shocker. long time ago. Shit. I know. Yeah. Atlanta. Good stuff. We closed uh, number 11 by talking about uh, how great we are at getting things done. Talked about guitars. Talked about yeah. listening to jazz. And number 10 is my 10 favorite jazz albums that I've come around to. Nice. Uh, So I'm just going to throw them out here. And just kind of like, if you're thinking about listening to jazz in 2020, this is where I would start. Not right here, but wait till the end. Don't just like immediately go on the first suggestion. Just wait. These are going sort of in chronological order. Benny Goodman, live at Carnegie Hall, 1938. Bill Evans Trio, Sunday at the Village Vanguard, 1961. Duke Ellington, and so all of these, I mean, there's no crazy weirdos in here. These are all incredibly famous jazz musicians because I'm not punk enough to find my punk jazz artists yet. I don't know what that but is. But you will. But I will at some point. Duke Ellington, Money Jungle, and Far East Suite, 63 and 67, classics. You can't go wrong. Dave Brubeck Quartet, Time Out, you'll instantly recognize, I think, songs from that album, 1959. And then he did Time, time Changes in 1964. I learned when listening to him that I'm, I love jazz that sounds like cars. There's a song called Cable Car on Time Changes. And all the music instruments are sounding like, they're doing like little ding-dings. And and I'm like, I'm riding in a trolley car. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really stupid. I like all songs like that. The Bridge by Sonny Rollins. There's a song uh, by Clifford Brown and Max Roach called Parisian Thoroughfare. That just sounds like traffic. It sounds like you're sitting in traffic. for Foley artistry. And I was like... I'm so stupid. <laughs> you like what you like, man. I know. That's very fun because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in a bridge. It's 
Uh, anyways, Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers, either Mosaic or Free For All, 62 or 65. Take your pick. Uh, Eric, and he's a drummer, Art Blakey. Uh, Eric Dolphy, uh, out there if you're looking for space stuff, uh, out to lunch if you're looking for like avant-garde, which can be the same thing if you're thinking that way. And Thelonious Monk, I would say Monk's Dream. Uh, most of this stuff is from the 60s because, as I'll get to later, I listened to everything in the 1960s that I possibly could in the year 2019. And so I've listened to all of these people. I have not really gone into the 50s, and I have not gone further for most of them. I'm really in the 60s here. But I would say the top three people that I would say, number one is Ornette Coleman. Shape of Jazz to Come, 1959. Free Jazz is the classic, but he has an album in 1961 as well called This Is Our Music. It's funny what's avant-garde back then. Sounds very like melodious to us now. Like mm. I listen to it, I'm like, this is not so weird. I don't know it's, if it's because of 60 years of music. I don't know if it's because music I listen to has like crazy time signatures and stuff, and I I consider that fun. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of like harshness too. Like I don't mind harsh things. So I don't know if like listening to screaming music has made me like cool with like a weird fucking saxophone in my ear, like boop bloop 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 bloop, like. <laughs> offbeat just like blooping over here like i don't know if that's made it better um so i recommend i would say this is our music but free jazz is the one that's like you know 25 minutes of free jazz quote unquote bring to bring to it what baggage you want yeah but so i started there which i think was a mistake i would not start there i would start with either miles davis or john coltrane so miles davis i listened to the entire 60s output but i would say my favorite are 1960s sketches of spain and In a Silent Way, 1969. So the two bookends of the year. Um, in a Silent Way, it's only two songs. It's a two-song record. Uh, shh and Peaceful and In a Silent Way. And they're both 19 minutes long. Sure. But I would say Coltrane. Honestly, if you're going to go anywhere, Coltrane, and not only because you have great stuff that are all revered, but he released two, there's two unreleased albums that were released within the last year, Both Directions at Once, which features stuff from 63, and Blue World that came out like two months ago that has 64 unheard stuff. So he's like Bob Dylan and Bowie and Prince, like this, he's just got so much stuff because he died so early and had so much stuff lined up that we're going to be listening to him for the end of time. You can choose all kinds of stuff. A Love Supreme is like his biggest one. But I would say Olay in 1962 would be my pick because I listened to it with Sketches Sketches of Spain by Miles Davis. And then I listened to Olay and I was like, this is cool because they're both <laughs> kind of the same. And then he died. And then I listened to Alice Coltrane's The Monastic Trio. And I was like, this is like, this is cool. That, that for me was a really cool start in the jazz realm because I really listened. I took the time and I really listened. And like the first song, Ole, they're all, they're 17 minutes long. This is a huge barrier for you because they're really, really long, but they're fucking bangers. Like they're fucking bangers. And I would say, don't go punk, go mainstream because I, without, without listening to John Coltrane, I would not have like a vocabulary for listening to jazz. And I read, um, um, uh, Ted Joya's book, how to listen to jazz while I was starting to listen. And it's invaluable. Just like, what are what is the, what is happening here? What's the point of all of this? And uh, that book is definitely worth checking out from your local library on Libby on the Libby app. Go get a library card. Anyways, that's my ten favorite jazz records of the year. Well, not that you asked, but to pile on, uh, if you're gonna go Miles Davis, for me, it's Birth of the Cool. And, yeah, uh, forty nine. Kind of blue. blue. Sorry, yeah. kind of blue, which is nineteen fifty nine. So that's literally the album before Sketches of Spain. So for me, I sort of put my block there. Even Ske- even kind of blue. I listened to it. and I was like, this is fantastic, but I'm not here. 
I'm not in the modal spot. I'm going to come back in the 50s and redo that. Because, I mean, fucking John Coltrane's, he was part of his band. He's part of oh, yeah. all those late 50s um, Miles Davis records. Well, that's my sweet spot. And Bill, Bill Evans. Bill Evans trio. He's Bill Evans is the pianist for Miles Davis. It's fucking crazy. back yeah her album cambio came out this year nice 2019 um it's great i mean her stuff is, is pretty experimental at times so you can't really hammer into she r&b or is she like ambient electronic music but her shit's great i liked her ep i didn't i forgot about her yeah she uh she's back she is back she did a song with somebody that's really super popular so she's like definitely gonna be i think become more of a thing good but uh yeah la chica excellent number nine for me uh la dispute panorama very, okay. very um, St. Patrick's Day feel. Very St. We watched. Day well, we watched uh, the video game. They released a video game. I say watched it because you don't really do much. You're passive. just kind of very move. You yeah. kind of move the direction of the camera. But it's proven to be pretty influential because when I think of Panorama, there's some still some songs that the way the camera sort of focuses your attention on wherever you are, you kind of have to like pay attention. Um, whenever I hear the songs, I'm like, oh yeah, that video game level. I remember when the camera forced me through the tunnel. I remember when the camera, um, backed away so that I could blend in with the crowd of all the dead people around me or whatever heaven is happening in this triangular world. Um, so it's fascinating. It's not rooms, rooms of the house, which is a masterpiece. I don't think this is that level, but it is excellent nonetheless and i love that they're touring the shit out of this i thought that they were going to be one of those bands that sort of tours and makes albums like once every five years but they are out with touche amore they're out back going to europe in 2020 like they are just living it up and i'm really happy and we got to see them and i'm sure we'll talk about them at that point so 13 nope that's not 13 again backwards order what are we eight eight, eight. no name uh so she's a rapper hip-hop artist that uh, song 32 is probably her or 23, whatever. It's uh, Yeah, it's... The, I was going nuts about that when I was listening to it on repeat. She's got... I think she might have a complete album out by now, but she's also blowing up huge. She is guest starring on every big hip-hop artist stuff. Uh, guest starring? Guest... What do you call it? Featuring? She's featured. featured she's featured. On many, many a big name uh, track. And she's a amazing lyricist and writer uh, in her own right. And you should check her out. No song name. 32 is the song. Room 25 is the album gotcha. from 2018. Yes. And also the No Name Book Club. Number eight for me, Mensigers, Hello Exile. We got to see Mensigers, so I won't spoil that later when we talk about that. But Hello Exile is fucking great. Um, I listened to it. It was the, the second to last day before um, coming back to Portland. So I listened to it as I was driving back here. For I took road the trip. I took, yeah, for my three-week road trip, uh, I drove the Lolo Trail in, in Idaho. I was just this lonesome road, just me and the Mensigers, and it was fucking amazing. Um, it was really cool to hear those songs for the first time. At first, I was kind of like, I don't really know, and then I really came around to it. I really love them. They're just so good. Last to know, Portland, Farewell Youth, classics. I try, like, they're very Mensigers. All the songs are kind of, like, very Mensigery. And I'm like, oh, damn, this is my life. Damn, my life is very Mensigery. And I feel <laughs> bad about it. But I'm like, ah, they're so good. 
but I respect them and they're really good at what they do. And I hope that they just keep getting better and better because they have changed over the years. So hopefully they'll keep going. So they do seem like a band that's just going to keep going until the wheels fall off. I love it. Seven? Number seven. Yes. Number seven. Fleabag. Season two specifically because that came out in the beginning of this year. Did it? Yeah. End of last year. year. Anyway, season one and two. The whole show. All both of the seasons. It's great. We might have talked about it way back in 2017. I think when Uh, I first watched it. When you first watched it and you told me about it and then went away and and it was just kind of a thing. She won all the awards for this and then I, I watched it when I was on the road and I was like, this season two. They're both great. I mean, they're only six episodes. They're half an hour each. It's like watching two movies. Yeah, you'll be done with it in four and a half hours. So, so good. And good. it's an amazing output, yeah. Uh, number seven for me are my playlists. I, like I've talked about my 60s playlist, uh, I, I went crazy and I listened to all the 60s and I took all of my favorite songs and I poured them all together and I'm going to make it play- public, public playlist. So if you go to the show notes, you can listen to it. Uh, it's 1,315 songs, 87 hours and 27 minutes. Cool. 3.6 days really to listen easy. to it. That's from 1960 to 1969. So those are some hits you're going to notice, but also some of my favorites. And it includes everything. It's not no segregation of jazz and, you know, everything's together. So you're going to get the whole experience. So if you're listening to it, you're like, I'm in 1964. Boom. That's that's what I'm trying to go for. And then 1920s, we've talked about 20s jazz being my version of uh, um, lo-fi hip-hop. And I'm in 1920 right now. So I'm listening to Mammy Smith, Marion Harris, Nora Bays, The Happy Six, The Versatile Four. You know, all the heavy hitters. That's right. The, the randos. Uh, and now I'm also in the 1970s. I got my David Bowie's good. So Did you, you know, know? when you are. I, I'm in the 20s and the 70s Jeez. right now. And then I'm going to go to the 80s and the 30s. And I'm just going to keep going. Basically 50 years. Nice 50-year patterns. Put them all together. Uh, did you know that David Bowie is good? Did you know that Blondie <laughs> is good? Uh, 77 to 79, just like 67 to 69, are, I think, going to be my favorite years. My, my happy place in terms of music. Because it's, it's fun, psychedelic stuff in the 60s. And 70s is just punk. 77 to 79 is like fucking good shit. That's more that rediscovering bands, not rediscovering, discovering for the first time bands that you immediately discounted out of Blondie. hand because they're popular. Blondie. Blondie. Uh, for example. me, another one other than the B-52s was Susie and the Banshees yeah. this year. So. Yeah, we talked about this for a so long time, driving driving through Portland, just listening to shit from 77. It's oh, fucking yeah. great. Number six? Six. Lap of Lux. Uh, it's a portmanteau of Lap of Luxury. Mm. He's a like a DJ producer, Ambient electronic music, you know, all that okay. shit that I like. Yeah. Uh, he came out with an album this year called Amnioverse, and it's really good. Uh, just like the one before it that I can't remember the name of for 2017. But yeah, I got really into him really a lot this end of this year, and his shit's great. Yeah. Like, if you like the stuff that I enjoy, like Bonobo and stuff, yeah. it's nice to have another person to go to where you're just like, all right, I like all your stuff. Okay, that's fine. Let's just do this. Yeah. It's great. I'm, I'm over Bonobo. Let's... No, no, no. That's not true. But he hasn't come out with his own product. The, the, he came out with an album this year, but it was like remixes a bunch of other people's stuff. And I was like, Mm-mm-mm. no time for it. It's fine. Yeah. That's not what I want. No. Thank you, though. Original only, please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number six for me, Alex LaHaye. We got to go see her live, which was great. I listened to The Best of Luck Club, which is what I'm recommending, but also 2017's I Love You Like a Brother. Couldn't stop. Don't be so hard on yourself, which breaks out the saxophone is my favorite. Black RMs is my favorite song. One of my favorite songs of the year. Uh, and I haven't been taking care of myself. Uh, it's also one of my favorite songs. Uh, 
great closer, great crowd, you know, getting us all into it, even if we don't know the song. She's incredible. And it's really cool that she's from Australia and she was here in Portland. It's fucking cool. And she said she loved Doug Fur because it was like living inside the uh, Angry Beaver's house. Yes. And it's true. <laughs> it is very true. And if true. you've never seen a show or never been to Portland, watch go a show there. Go to the fucking Doug Fur. Go to oh the fucking God, Doug Fur. Of fun. all the venues, go to the Doug Fur. It's for tiny sure. and amazing and it's in the basement of a bar and it's just great. Five. Yes. Uh, a little show called Dragula. Uh, oh, yes. finally brought to the masses via Amazon Prime and then also now released on Netflix. Oh, wow. If you're into RuPaul's Drag Race, go ahead and stay home because this is not your mama's drag competition. It combines a lot of my favorite things. We've got gayness. We've got wow. horror. Okay. And as a show, we'll make you learn filth and glamour. Okay. It's just fucking fantastic. And uh, so for the layperson, what are we doing? We're we're doing spooky like drag. Ru- RuPaul, RuPaul, but just like spooky. scary, spooky okay. drag. I've uh, seen some screenshots, and they legitimately look fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like so not blood only blood all over them. Are there like costumes are amazing, but they do these like really fucked up challenges that you have to do to survive to the next week. So basically, if your drag is not up to snuff, per the Boulay brothers, who by the way are like L.A like super celebs in the underground drag scene. Um, they're together actually, which I didn't realize. Um, they're not actually brothers. They're romantically like oh. married, not married. I don't know if they're actually married, but they've been together romantically and as production partners for like Long 30 time. years. Oh uh, they're just fucking amazing. They've been doing Dragula, the drag ball in LA for like 25 years. And now they finally are able to actually do something about it. So they started just a little YouTube show in 2015, I think. And then they couldn't get the money together to do season two for a while after that. And even longer until season three where Amazon gave them that money. Yeah. But it's just like, it's so cool to see non-mainstream drag and to have other voices. And they let women on the show because they like really expand the idea of like, this is the thing they like to say when they're judging the competition is drag is art and art of subjective. We're not judging you on your art because that's between that's your personal thing. And we respect the shit out of that. We're just judging you based on the rules of this competition. So like, it's just really a celebration of spooky counterculture. Yeah. The challenges are a little hard to watch sometimes. Cause they have to eat like raw organs and like get pushed out of a plane. The one that I hated the most was they're <laughs> shoving needles through their arm. It's whoever yeah, can deal with the most. It. That one was like, uh, so that element of it again, I still love it just cause my like little yeah. goth heart, but even for me sometimes like, whoo, whoo. But it, it's worth it. Yeah. Just Dragula, wow. fucking Didn't amazing. Realize that. That's yeah. a that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> uh, no. There's a tiny bit of fear factor, but mostly drag. I didn't realize it was a tiny bit of fear factor. That's mm-hmm. very funny. That was number five, right? For you. Number five. Number five for me. I'll go really quickly. Um number five for me has always been the books I read this year. Nice. So I read a lot of books. I'll try I'll be fast. <laughs> I did. So I, I set a, a goal for 60. I've surpassed 60 books nice. this year. So that's good. I'm going to set a goal for 70 next year. We'll see what happens. History. Eric Fauner. Second founding about reconstruction in America. Sarah Churchill. Behold America. The history of America first and the American dream. Uh, Require reading. If you're talking about Donald Trump or just the idea of America first. Where did that come from? There you go. Uh, James Whitman. Hitler's American dream. The United States and the making of Nazi race law. If you don't know. They based all their shit on ours. They thought we were more extreme. 
then they were willing to go yeah. with our one drop rule um, for being black in America. Uh, Noel Feldman uh, wrote The Three Lives of James Madison, Genius Partisan President, was really great. Nick Estes, this one's uh, required reading as well. Our History is the Future, Standing Rock versus the Dakota Access Pipeline, and the Long Tradition of Indigenous Resistance. Something I didn't really realize with that, driving through the Midwest this year, are the dams, all the dams on the Missouri River. I didn't realize that they changed radically the trajectory of the river to basically fuck over. I mean, it's not surprising rerouting rivers to flood this plane versus that plane. Um, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't think about dams as, as that, even though I should, because I feel that way about like what China does with their mega dams, but we did mega dams before mega dams were crazy. Anyways, nonfiction. Um, I've went into how to be an anti-racist by Ibram X. Kendi. I recommend that. I just finished Jenny O'Dell's How to Do Nothing, Resisting the uh, Attention Economy, getting off of like Facebook and not really getting off, but just like having more attention. Exactly what we're talking about. I was talking about jazz while we were um, pausing this long episode. We were just talking about classical music Mm -hmm. in terms of what we wanted to do in 2020. You want to listen to more classical music. That attention economy, like how do we pay attention? Right. Well, because degraded. we're all broke ass millennials, the thing that oh. we have most valuable is time. The time that we spend. Oh, we also have our phones. The attention we give, look. the energy and thought we put into things is is sometimes our only collateral. Yeah. So be mindful of yeah. what you're putting your eyeballs on yeah. and your ears on. But And it's hard. Even if you're like for me, I've done, I think I've made strides with, with jazz, but there's tons of moments where I'm just like do I have all my hearts for the game I'm playing? You know, like you just, it's hard. Also cut yourself some slack. It's okay to fucking do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But don't waste your time fucking scrolling on Twitter. I I wish I used it more for sound in the window, but part of the whole point of getting out of this stuff is to get out of the stuff. Just, you got to leave it behind. So I recommend that. Try to find stuff that's more tangible, like people talking and not, you know, just tweeting out or whatever. But that's that's my opinion. Uh, Bill McKibben, uh, Falter, has the American game begun to play itself out. Uh, Barry Lopez, I talked about him with Horizon. Tara Westover, Educated, and David Wallace-Wells, The Uninhabitable Earth. I listened to, uh, or I read a bunch of, uh, listened to and read fiction books this year as well. Roberto Bologna, one of his last books, The Spirit of Science Fiction. Uh, I read a lot of National Book Award winners or books from National Book Award winners without realizing it. Uh, Colston Whitehead, The Nickel Boys, he won the National Book Award for Underground Railroad in, in 2016. Uh, Jessam Ward, Sing, Unburied Sing. Uh, she won the award in 2017. I read that book. Uh, Singram Nunez uh, won for The Friend in 2018. I didn't realize it was doing this. And Susan Choi won this year for Trust Exercise. And I read that before she won because, you know, You're on the I'm cusp. Dope. And also, it was shortlisted, and so I only had a couple, and I read that, and I read Lalila Lamale's The Other Americans, which was also shortlisted. So if either one of them won, I was in before, and I just finished ta Coates' The Water Dancer, and it's probably my favorite book of the year. God damn, can he write? Fuck. Harry Potter also finished Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, and Deathly Hollows. Also, JK, just put the twi- Twitter down. Just stop. Stop what you're doing. Just stop. But my top three of the year, Gene Weingarten, he wrote a book called One Day, The Extraordinary Story of an Ordinary 24 Hours in America. He went out with his editor. They put in a hat months, dates, and years uh, that went back to like 1960 something so that it would be relevant. And he was going to research that day. What happened in America in that day, whatever the day was. He got some 
they were in a, a restaurant. So he just got randos to come over and they plucked out December 28, 1986. And he was like, anybody who's a journalist knows that the days after Christmas are the worst days because nothing fucking happens. <laughs> and he's like, God damn it. He's like, but the integrity would be blown if I didn't do it. So I got to do it. And holy shit, he weaves 18 stories where he follows up on what happened on December 28th, 1986 and is electric and it is beautiful holy shit can he write and it's amazing that the ordinary 24 hours can be so extraordinary i fucking love the book so much and taya obear wrote a book called inland i love it so much because i I listened to it on my road trip i was driving through montana i was tired of music i just listened to the whole thing while i was driving through that long ass fucking state and it was the perfect book to listen to because it's about the west it's about arizona it's about just 20th century america and then Gia Tolentino wrote a book called Trick Mirror, Reflections on Self-Delusion. Probably my favorite book of the year. Essays about, if you're like 30 years old, like our age, it's perfect. It talks about how we use the internet. It talks about reality culture. It talks about, especially stuff for women. It talks about like, um, you know, fitness companies that like go after them. It talks about MLMs. It like all this stuff that I don't particularly know about. Um, it was fascinating. This look behind what it is to be alive in the 21st century is fascinating. And I would pair that with uh, Jenny O'Dell's um, How to Do Nothing as well. Just getting, paying attention to other things. Number four, Choker, uh, all of his stuff. Yes. I think he, uh, 2018 was his last full-length album. But yeah, I another just artist that you put all of his shit on repeat, just listened to his whole oeuvre over and over again. It's probably like two hours of music maybe. But yeah. just great. I mean, just... Low key hip hop, it's my lane. Yeah, I listened to that. It was great. Yeah. Uh, number four, I was gonna say Fleabag and Watchmen, but you already took Fleabag, so I'm gonna say Watchmen. Oh, pile on! Watchmen's I great. I just, haven't finished it. I have two episodes oh, to go. No, so. I yeah. thought you would have finished it by now. No. What? This is the moment. What the moment? I just told you that you can't save me, and you're gonna try to anyway. In the bar the night we met, you asked me about the moment I fell in love with you. This is the moment. Is that supposed to be romantic? Sorry? All this time we've been together and you fall in love with me now. No, I've always been in love with you. My perception of time... Yeah, I get it. You stay here while I save your life. No spoilers. So I'm going to spoil it. No, I'm, no spoilers here. It's fucking amazing. If you haven't watched Watchmen or Fleabag, do those two things. Um, I've not read the Watchmen comics. I know about them. I have not watched the movie by Zack Snyder, and I will not. I never had any plans to do any of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm watching it specifically for Damon Lindelof, who did Lost, who did The Leftovers. Three, fuck, Dairy Girls. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, another Netflix original series. Actually, I think it might be on the BBC. See, they do the trickery, where it's like Netflix owns it, so they can claim it's a, an original series. However, it actually just aired on the BBC. Right. But, yeah, it's about uh, the troubles in the late 80s and early 90s in Ireland. watch it. And it's so fucking funny. It's so fucking funny. And I think it's important because it's so easy to like, this is a word, like historicalize mm-hmm. things where it's like you don't think of them as real people. Like it was just a, this event that happened. It's all dramatic. And it's like this piece of history that's not, it even something was as recent as that. It's like that's been in our lifetime. So it's so great to see these like 14 year old girls and their one guy friend just roaming around what it was like yeah. to be in Northern Ireland at the time, right at the border. And it's yeah. like, it's just incredible. And it's important to remember that 
even the most fucked up dire situations, people were still people, man, and making jokes and cutting up and doing living yeah. their lives. Um, number three for me is a hold steady, thrashing through the passion. Um, I never expected a hold steady record to be something that I loved dearly, but Craig Finn is great. I mean, I've always kind of liked them, but so good. Um, yeah, if you're going to listen to anything, I'd say Entitlement Crew, Star 18, and Confusion in the Marketplace. He has a line that said, I don't want to dick around. I just want to devastate. Wow. my lyric of the year. I mean, beautiful. That's, great. That's great. So um, listen to Thrashing Through the Passion uh, if you want like a really good literary record. Comedy series. Nice. Shit's Creek, which again is not from Netflix. Oh, yeah. It's a Canadian broadcasting That's... company. The Shit's CBC. Creek. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. Uh, everybody knows who Eugene Levy is. Mm-hmm. He thanks American Pie. Uh, but for anybody who's older, I'm sure he was around before that. Also, he's a star in a lot of um, Christopher Guest movies, yes. which is also Kathleen, Catherine Kathleen O'Hara. O'Hara. Is that her name? Yep. Yeah, who's in a lot of Christopher Guest stuff, also co stars in this. But the breakout star, I would say because I've never seen him before, is Eugene Levy's son, who plays his son on the show also, Dan Levy. He's a creator too, right? He's yeah, like, they co-create right. it. it. It's so it's so fucking funny. It's probably, I don't know. That and Dairy Girls, it's been great to watch both of them because they're just so fucking funny. Yeah. It's like The Good Place and Shit's Creek, which I think The Good Place is probably maybe the funniest show, which didn't we also make it. Know. Didn't even make it. Because well, we've done it before. Every yeah, yeah, yeah. year it's all the embassy comedies, but that doesn't change. Like we like right. good place is still going on. It's fucking great. Yes. Like throw that up there. It's yes. fucking great. But I think Shit's Creek is definitely yeah. on the level of just oh, like good, good. fucking hilarious and ridiculous. Ah. And if you haven't watched it, it's all on Netflix. Their final season ended. I haven't seen the final season yet. Cause it's not on Netflix yet. Okay. Uh, Two for me, this is obviously going to be fresh withdrawal. <laughs> fresh is one of my favorite bands out there right now um you can't search fresh on spotify because it just brings up 400 other freshes but not them because spotify's stupid so if you type in withdraw the name of the record it'll bring up fresh the band and then just save that onto a playlist or whatever that's my advice to you there um you're gonna get people like my enemy dj fresh which less fm thinks oh you listen to you know 400 dj fresh songs sure didn't there's no world that I did because no, I would never do that. Uh, so withdraw is fucking incredible. They're fucking incredible. Just following them on Instagram and their Instagram stories. They just seem to be so charmed by the fact that people really like them. They seem really lovable, really adorable. They came to America to play fest. I wish I could have seen them. It seems like that show was a rager. Everybody, you know, they're sharing all the videos from other people posting on Instagram. It just seems like everyone had a really fun time. It makes me forget that I'm really old. And I love them and I cannot <laughs> wait to see them. And I, I messaged them and said, you guys should come to the West Coast. And they said, we will, we, we hope to, we would love to. And I will be absolutely buy tickets 100% right yeah. away. Uh, my number one. Number one. Oh my gosh. Do the sound. Oh, I mean, put my phone away. I know. This is the last time. podcast we're doing. Du, 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 du. It's Christmas. 
Never forget. Number one. Number one. Okay, so I'm going to take a page out of Daniel's book and do 400 for my number yes. one. So I was oh. able to see a ton of shows this yes. year. This was the year of shows. I've definitely gone to more this year than I think I have yeah. uh, in any other year of my life. So uh, I'm going to try to blaze through them, and then I'll save my 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 actual number one for number one. It, it's just tough. Anyway, so I'm going to try to go chronologically, and I probably would have forgotten. I've probably forgotten some of them. Okay. But I think we started the year with Direct Hit and Smoking Popes. Yeah, it's February. I do believe. Did we not go anything in January? Was Laura Jane Grace not in January? Maybe it wasn't. Anyway, it doesn't Laura, matter. No, that was March. Direct Hit and Smoking Popes. The drunkest I've been in a long time. I threw up in a public <sighs> park. We stole uh, a cone from Portland. <laughs> we stole a cone from a public park. Golfing. Sorry, Portland. Uh, Laura Jane Grace and Devouring Mothers and Control Top, who opened for them. Control Top. Mercy Union as well, though. Yeah, but then whatever. Uh, but Control Top, little three-piece punk band oh, that, sorry. like, they stopped their set short because... No, there's only three of them. There's only three? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. The drummer, that's right. she plays the bass and sings, right. and then they're the guitarist, who threw his guitar across the stage, broke his strings. It seemed like they were going to play another song. And then but then they walked like, off the stage instead. Yeah, it seemed like they broke yeah. the, their string, which, like, I, we assumed, at least I did, I was like, it must have been a more catastrophic problem. Yeah. That's why they all walked away. But then I spoke with the singer after the fact to gush about how great the band was, and she was like, yeah, we, I don't, they just left. We were going to play another song. So I don't fucking know what happened. I was like, their album was coming out on Tuesday. This right. was like a Friday. She's <laughs> right. like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I was like, wow, you guys must be pretty deep into your tour because this seems full attention. And she's like, yeah, this is our second show. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So hopefully they're still a band there. They are still a band. And it came out to rave. People liked it. Yeah. Uh, Pitchfork reviewed it too. And they loved it. So yeah, hopefully they're still around and still kicking. Hopefully. We love you control top. It's a great record. It's not in our top 20, but it's a fantastic record. Oh, yeah. Covert Contracts. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, I'm going to skip over the next two chronologically. Uh, Little People, Marley Carroll. Little People is a DJ uh, who I wanted to go see. He headlined the little the set. But yeah. Marley Carroll, who's a DJ out of North Carolina, never seen him before. He did everything live. He built all the tracks live. Yeah. And it was really cool to see his uh, newest album, which, of course, I didn't write down because I'm terrible, was uh, really good. I bought it at the show. So it was Marley Carroll. Check him out. Lot of Spute and Slow Mass. There was also another band there that Gouge Away. Gouge Away. That's right. Yes. Um, it was so cool to see Lot of Spute and like listen to their music to up to that show. But Slow Mass was a band that I would never listen to, and I really ended up enjoying their stuff. And yeah. I bought all their things because that's what I do. Uh, I saw Amanda Palmer. Uh, she put on a six-hour show. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, Pup, Rap Boys, and Beach Bunny. Obviously incredible. Love the Rap Boys. I never Beach seen Pup before, yeah. and it was just. Yeah. Just so cool to see that the, <laughs> the absolute anarchy at that show. They try to have wow. like try to separate the twenty one plus and the under under twenty one. It's normal, basically drinking, not drinking, right? But instead of using the natural barriers built into the Wonder Ballroom, which there's like a literal dividing line where the staircase is, they decide to extend it gratefully uh, to up to the stage for the twenty one plus side. Uh, and <laughs> in order to keep us separate, they used a narrow. Like impromptu hallway of just little metal railings, uh-huh. and immediately they were destroyed. By As the if crowd. we were all just going to politely, <laughs> yeah, just not do anything. Not our heads. So we just saw the entirety of the staff there, literally, ho- like holding. They were bodily holding. holding. Like every five feet, there was a, a security member, staff member of Wonder Ballroom, holding these metal bars against this like throng of people. And if you thought it was weird, then when Stefan gets on the stage and is just like, "What's this? What's happening over here?" Even he was like. <laughs> This is some dumb shit I've never seen before. <laughs> it was bizarre. And he does a stage dive um, during um, Total Breakdown or whatever, mm. uh, Full Blown Meltdown or whatever oh, right. the song is. And um, it is all staged. He does it for every show. And 
he just like jumped out. And normally the, the crowd is huge because it, everyone is up at the front. Mm-hmm. The drinkers are in the back. But no, because we've split this and we have this middle line. This diagonal line yeah. in the middle. He could literally come out just, you know, like Two feet. 40 people. And then he's like, got to go back, I guess. Like yeah. he had nowhere to go because of that diagonal angle. It was fucking weird. Yep. So, so it was, the, which was unfortunate because that was incredibly awkward. But very also memorable. Fun. Like memorable. never going to forget. And we had a great spot. Like just good. weirdly, we were just like, okay, well, we're not going to go over in the, in the crazy section. We were in section. the 21 plus corner of the diagonal. So, so nobody had, was behind us. It was just a wall behind us. Yeah. And we got to behind the staircase, which yes. is the natural barrier. Yes. We would have been in the main thoroughfare. That was our whole point. But we're like, well, this is where we would kind of be at the, at the back oh, of the also pit. Also, we're going to need a drink. But now we can because there's a weird barrier that's here that's yes. protecting us. And then we get to watch them. I, I don't know. I was watching them as much as I was watching these poor guys trying to what fucking, a fucking calamity. move people out of the way just to put their fucking, like, try to get the rails back together because they kept falling over. It's amazing. That alone is Great Grandpa at Mississippi Studios, which they were eh, whatever. I mean, if you've listened to Great Grandpa, Mississippi. I mean, that's really the thing is the venue. But uh, opening for them was a band called On Drugs. They were so much fun. Like they're uh, art rock, I guess, but like really technically proficient guitarists. They all took turns playing different instruments. They're just like weird scream singing. It was just incredible. So I think they're a Portland local band, On Drugs. Um, Alex Leahy and Kingsbury. I was obviously Kingsbury's oh, number Kingsbury. one fan of the show. That's right. <laughs> Got to talk to her for a second. She gave me a free poster because I was just screaming like an idiot the whole time. And obviously Alex Leahy was amazing. Um, lesbians playing the saxophone for the win. Oh. Kay Flay. Um, they had a couple right. people open for them that I can't remember, but like she was, that was a lot of fun. That was at Crystal Ballroom. Uh, Metzinger's. Yes. And Tiger's Draw and Culture Yes. Great. Okay. We had the exact right experience for the Metzgers, and I'm glad I got to see them because I had not seen them before. And uh, Hawthorne is on the bigger side of a small venue, and yeah. it's just the right kind of size, I think. Yes. Um, Slater Kinney. Slater Kinney. And Kaina. Yeah. Um, who's an R&B singer out of Chicago, I think, or maybe, I can't remember. Anyway, she's... Her stuff is really good. Daniel had a problem with the chimes, which they overused. Oh, dude. So I forgot about the chimes. I'm glad many you chimes. Me. And Slater Kinney was fucking great. Uh, it was at the Crystal, so it's a bigger... That's probably the biggest small venue in Portland. Uh, small in big quotes. But uh, that was huge. The second time I've seen them at the same place. I saw them at the Crystal right after they reformed and uh, No City Still Loves came out. And, and um, Sean Morimoto is the guy who does Cannonball. He's a part oh, of the band. Right. They played a song Cannonball. And I was like, that song's awesome. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's a band. He's a guy he's in and of thing. itself. So yeah. he's got a record out that came out last year and teamed up with her, yeah. which is very cool. So they played a couple of his songs and her songs mm-hmm. and they were all together. But Cannonball was the one that I was like, oh, this is 
really fun, funky jazz. Because some of it's, a, you know, they have a really cool jazz outfit going on. He's playing saxophone or whatever, but they don't really get that jazzy with her. Yeah, so there's a, a drummer, like, kind of had a drummer play with her. Um, a fucking six-string bassist. I think it might have been a seven-string bass. But yeah, huge. but there was no guitarist. There was no, no like, lead instrument. It was just the bass. It was like, and he was, incredible. and Sean was playing, or San or Sean or whatever. He was playing the keyboards. keyboards and then right, yeah. he would rock out the, um, the sax. I saw a very small band from Seattle called Stereo Creeps. They were fun. They're a pretty straightforward rock outfit. Also, um, a friend of the podcast. Yes. Uh, Calvin's band... Chrono Collapse, which is a Portland metal band. I got to see them a couple times just because, you know, he's a friend of ours. So if you are in the Portland area and you get a chance to see Chrono Collapse, three-piece metal band, really good, really fun stuff. Go buy their shit on Bandcamp. Uh, and then, so. Yes, the big ones. Circling like, back. You missed a few. Yeah. So I had a, an amazing birthday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fucking adventure. Uh, we went to see hop along on my actual birthday summer cannibals opened for them i think there was yes. another band too i can't remember but um got summer cannibals bought all their stuff obviously uh and that was great i'm gonna move on to the next day chris farron yeah and lisa prank Not also chris ajj antarctica vespucci you're oh, so literally sorry. jeff rosenstock is yes, more so famous than chris farron but i get i get the impulse yes yes but antarctica vespucci which actually, we were antarctica actually there for <laughs> hhj just happened to be headlining whatever right it was all about antarctica, antarctica. and at least prank was fine but it was all about Anna. I was super sick. Yeah, uh, you were sick. I had like a really fucking bad cold for both of those days. So like it's all a fever dream now. But yeah. uh, it was at a tiny place in Bellingham. Uh, it was a hundred, like max. Yeah, the capacity was a hundred. I think one hundred eight, maybe one hundred eight. Yeah. yeah, it was on eighty. One hundred eight. Yeah, it was the max. Tiny fucking bar. One of the tiniest I've been in since I was in high school. Watching shows at like a Chinese food restaurant. Yeah, like small it was amazing it was an incredible like, thing to see just, even, yeah we have video of like uh kindra yeah chris farron jumped on the ground and was we singing got down kindra there was down and there singing with him and laying on the floor next to him screaming about wanting to have sex and mm-hmm. ride our bikes and yeah balloons everywhere balloons everywhere so much fun one of the best shows i've ever been to um team dresh i know yeah. i already talked about it, but i got to see them at mississippi studios to see this band who hasn't played together in 15 years at least probably maybe like they've, they've done like a one-off show every like in Portland because they, they live here. So yeah. occasionally they'll get together and play a show, but to be able to see Kaya and fucking Donna Dresch, man, like she's these. Did you like sit behind them too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there was a, there's a small balcony in Mississippi studios and I'm not a cool kid anymore and I'm fat and I get pushed over easily. So I was sitting in the balcony, but it, you, Mississippi studios is so small that the balcony yeah. is fucking close to the stage. So I was behind the whole band the whole time. It was incredible while they were with the other, um, oh yeah, Cockeye who opened for them was really great too. Just two guys being loud and doing ridiculous punk music. Um, and I, to, I don't know, it was just so cool. They're such a fixture of the queer core movement. Like we have, I don't know, it's really important to celebrate these people who are on the front lines. Uh, Pansy Division and just like all these people, the, the Texas punk, um, the cocksucker or something. I can't remember the name of his, the guy from Texas that was, anyway, all these guys, all these bands, all these fucking lesbians, just inc- incredible to be able to see them. So that was like a huge formative moment. I'm so glad that they came back around. I hope they still make are able to make music. And I'm just like so grateful because they stopped doing anything, 1987, yeah. and then it's over. It's like, oh, there is another thing I'll never actually be able to experience. Well, because I'm Kenny when they break up too. It's right, like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It. It's like, fuck, fuck. I'm never going to be able to see this band live. And then suddenly yeah. they're back. And so that was something fucking amazing. And, and it was during Pride. It was They did two nights oh, yeah. at Mississippi Studio. And it was just like. That's what you get for being the hometown. 
just fucking amazing yeah, and i'm good. just so grateful uh, but i still put hop along as my number one yeah <laughs> like just like the I band mean, hop along and being able to see them even though it was like i barely fucking remember because i was so sick and just like i think we were in almost the exact same spot just uh for pup just on the yeah, other same side venue, so wonder ballroom we're on the other side of, of the, the staircase yeah because they did it properly and they blocked it off at the staircase right. so that was general we were at the edge of the staircase <laughs> this time but on the other side where we were drinking hop along is another band that you can put on their whole yeah, discography all, all three i mean technically they had hop along queen annalise or whatever and that was a different thing but anyway well no get any those three go to any top of the decade you're gonna not only get painted shut but you'll get their first record their self-title as well and bark your head off dog is fucking amazing it's too. so good too so, right all of those are just like perennial contenders for you there's know, never a time it, it's rare when you can put a band's work on they're all all their shit and just any occasion doesn't matter what mood i'm in it doesn't matter anything it's like i can put on hop along and be totally content i felt that way about vampire weekend too and the father of the bride was standing uh like yeah before yeah i just want to like live my life for a second i need a soundtrack boom vampire weekend those first three albums hop along kelly couldn't ask for a better segue into number one sorry that was a lot i know no no but it was a perfect no it was all worth it because everything you said pertains to my number one nice pup morbid <laughs> stuff pup is the greatest band alive right now and literally 31 songs that are perfect three records that are literally perfect classics just like hop along they're on perennial top decade lists all around morbid stuff is as much of a masterpiece as the dream is over as much as their opening record is I'm lucky enough to have seen them in 2014, right when they were beginning. I watched them with Menzingers uh, right. at Branks, yeah, for all the Portland heads out there. Close at Branks and uh, with uh, yeah, like uh, Lemuria. Or, I don't even remember. And they were just the rando opening band, which is a great reason to go and watch the opening bands exactly. because the, there was something even in that moment where you're like, I'm watching something special. I'm watching a band that doesn't play by other people's rules and so going home and then listening to them and just being like this is amazing and i'm just gonna ride for it who knows who they are i don't fucking know uh and then dream is over i mean there will be no better combination in the the 2010s than if the tour doesn't kill you then i will into dvp that's literally the greatest moment in music in the 2010s if not ever why can't we just get
is the song greatest I went transition. to my first guitar lesson was like, I need to learn how to play DVP. Exactly. Go. And if you have not listened to Pup, I'm not kidding. Listen to them immediately. And while you're doing it, watch the music videos. They're the, they make the best music videos of anyone in the 2010s. Free at last alone, they they put out the music and the chord progressions and oh let their God, fans interpret right. what the song was. You can go and listen to all, you know, 100 or whatever um, submissions they got. Still, you can just go listen to them right now. Of all the people that put out indie rock to hip hop to fucking forgot about that jazz, like it doesn't matter what a crit. And then they fucking played it, and they played clips from people doing it in their music video. Ah, unconditional love. They're the best band alive. If I wasn't so like kind of over, like. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I Pup is the best. I'm sorry. Morbid stuff. <laughs> Kids free at last. Bare hands. Literally the entire record is perfect. 31 songs. They've only released 31 songs and they're all perfect. <laughs> Pup hop along. Uh, thin lips. Let's go. <laughs> oh my God. I'm fresh. Oh <laughs> my God. Oh, stop. Why do you have to bring that up? I know. Put away my uh, sleigh bells. Let me bring them out for you. Is that enough? Ho, ho, ho. That was Christmas, Kelly. <laughs> what a great Christmas it was. Ho, ho, ho. That was What Christmas. was your favorite part about Christmas? Uh, learning so many new facts that were totally easy to acquire, considering we've already done this once. True. And the first time we did it, we just kind of said all the facts. Mm-hmm. So now we're like retroactively pretending that the first one didn't happen and then having all the facts. Right, yes. Which is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. But actually my favorite part is picking next season's songs. That's my favorite part. Oh, I mean, but that's so far from now. Do we even have to do it yet? We do have to do it right now. You know why? Because it's Christmas. <laughs> and Christmas is for picking songs. Christmas is for picking songs. Christmas is a time of giving, and we're giving everybody out there the ability to know the future. Wow. So if you want to know, we're going to pick. If you don't want to know, I guess, see you in February and just like see what's up. Turn off your podcast player right now. (laughs) Otherwise, stick with us. Kelly, we have whittled it down to 400. Now, that's not canonically correct totally if you go back and listen to the episodes, but I've eliminated some from uh, bootleg series and stuff just to get us to an even number because I feel like... We kind of go crazy every year of trying to figure out where we are in time and what we're doing. I feel like a nice even number. Uh, I know you're hoping for it to be like 10, 10 left. Yes. Even 100 left. Yes. No, we are at, <laughs> we're at 400, Kelly. Four, zero, zero. I wonder how many times we've lied. Like how many, how many times it's changed? I thought for a minute about going back in time Just to figure, figure it out. out. Yeah. Yeah. And I do have it all noted, you know, in my show notes, like. One out of 527, Kelly picks this, and then next episode will be one out of 530. You know, mm-hmm. we've done a lot of calls over the years, but I actually haven't just gone back to look at the spreadsheet. So maybe, maybe at the end of the season, I'll go back and just like for season five, start it fresh mm. and like see where we're at. Mm. But as of now, we are doing one out of 400. Okay. And that includes albums too. So it's not just songs, there might be albums on here. 
yada yada. Well, that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. So all the albums are still there. The bootleg series is, are not there. So we're not going to get Cutting Edge. We're not going to get Whitmark demos and stuff. We're going to just get those songs or listen to them in conjunction with the songs that are actually released. So Kelly, as always, it's been about a month since we've done this. One out of 400, what you got? <laughs> I thought that was like a buzzer sound, like incorrect oh, before oh, I even say anything. Oh, Goodness gracious. We should have a buzzer for every time I get it wrong, which is oh, every time. That's good. We, sh- we should. 286. 286. All right. 286 in a different season four would have been the song Handy Dandy. Off of Under the Red Sky. That's the nursery rhyme one, huh? It's the nursery rhymes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we would have been going down there. However, Kelly, the correct answer was 280. Oh. So close. Oh. All right, Kelly. Number 280 is ah, appropriate for a brand new season. New Morning. The song New Morning. Oh, wow. Off of the album New Morning. That's the first one. From 1970. Right? No, no. We've had If Dogs Run Free, Went to See the Gypsy. Oh, Not close to our first. But uh, it is where Sound on the Window is from. So we're yes. getting closer to our namesake song, which could prove to be the end of the series. Who knows? Or maybe it's like a one of those bonus things where, uh, like Whack-A-Mole, if you whack the name of the podcast, it eliminates the 100 songs on each side of it oh gone right that is classically how whack-a-mole works yeah it's it's like a video game (laughs) you hit one and the entire machine explodes (laughs) no if you hit the right one right sure sure. the titular mole all right kelly we will be back in season four for new morning a brand new morning on the podcast we have so much to give you guys we wish we could give it to you right now over the podcast airwaves but we can't because it's a podcast app Wow. Thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. See you in 2020. 2020. Jesus. (laughs) Can't you hear that rooster crowing? Rabbit running down across the road. Underneath the bridge where the water flows through. So happy just to see a smile underneath the sky blue on this new morning.